You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode number 43. shit that I wrote down months ago that we still haven't talked Same. about, so Same moving here. on. Moving on. Right. I know we I need to have it all in crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and we ain't gonna. <laughs> I, I still want to talk about Wildcats. <laughs> I want to hey. talk about Youngblood. Yeah, Youngblood movie. Hey. Yeah, movie oh, Christ. Movie. About Claremont's X-Men number three. All of the budget to the movie is going to go into waste pockets and hair gel. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics. I'm Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And I'm exhausted. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and you are. We are. Uh, but you're not really well, named. Two of us are. Right. Thank you. Your right, name baby. is not exhausted. You're Jason Wood. What's up? With baby in tow. Yes, indeed. Baby on the sport, Sporting hey, some little hey, wood. Hey, yeah, he's wood is holding wood. Holding, holding. <laughs> Believe me, I saw it at the con. <laughs> the kids probably hung more than he is. Let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> nice. You didn't mind when it was rubbing up against you. No, I didn't. Position Especially when it got wet. That was the best. Nice. Did, he, did he get rug burn, Jason? <laughs> well, that's, that's for me to know, and you'd have never know, buddy. That damn skippy. <laughs> oh yeah, we're back. Back from the New York. Marty's got Roman fingers, let me just say that. <laughs> For an Irish guy, yeah. Um, we're back from the New York Comic Con. We had a great time. Really good Heck time. yeah. What, That's what right, we did. It, it, was, it was kind of funny because I don't know if anybody had uh, remembers Jason's semi-rant on the cosplayers from a couple episodes back. <laughs> oh, what did he dress up as? No, we, we had a little bit of a, of a epiphany at the show where I kind of came over to his point a, a little bit, and he started gravitating towards me because we were walking by, and you said, "Damn, you saw one, uh, somebody dressed up like something." You're like, "That's not bad. I'm digging these cosplayers." And I was like, "You know, I, I don't mind them. I think it's really cool that somebody would put that much time and energy into 
crafting a costume for, uh, of their favorite character. And I love it when they're at the show because they're a spectacle and it's really cool to see. But when they stop in the middle of a hallway to do their little chant thing, oh, the like, pictures. like like the, oh, the, the yeah, the Narutards, they're in the middle of the, this 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 hallway and and they're doing this pose and then after the pose they all do this little chant like this japanese and they all scream yay and and people are taking pictures of them and the traffic just friggin stops yeah I, I started i started doing this at conventions a couple years ago where it's like if if someone is in a hall you know if they're off to the side that's cool you respect that someone wants to take a picture with someone you know in costume but if they're in the middle of like a main like hallway that oh, it, yeah. like where people are trying to get through, I, I walk right in front of the people taking the pictures. Yes. I, I don't, and I don't feel bad about it anymore. Oh, see, I'm not a dick. Like, I was trying to get around them, and no, it, no, it's they're being the dicks by standing in the middle of the. It's true. Block, block, you know, you know, it's like standing in the middle of the street, and for 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 no reason. And it, it's true. It, just walk there and say, "Hey, I got places to be. You know, people to see. You know, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. Get the hell out of my way." Yeah, and and some of the, there was a lot of really cute ones. Uh, there was a zombie Spider-Man from from Marvel Zombies that was really neat, but I, I just do not get the the Naruto people. I, I don't understand it. it, it they're, and they're doing this thing with their hands, like the characters do, and and I had to get to get away from them. I did. And Jason's like, "Woo, look at this one! Look at that one! That one's nice." Like, that is a, that is one bitchin' big ass sword, dude. Big ass cardboard sword. Please don't threaten <laughs> me with your cardboard sword. But uh, yeah, we <laughs> we had a good time and we're back. What well, um, should we jump right in? Drink roll call, get that done because I I, I want to hear um, New York Comic Con stories from you guys. Okay, do it. Let's roll through. All right, um, Wood, why don't you go first this week? Maybe I am no. drinking Diet Dr Wait. Pepper. He's drinking breast milk by the sounds <laughs> of it. I wish my son was drinking breast milk right now. Oh, <laughs> hi, Holden. It's Holden's debut. That's right. Yeah, he hi, needs buddy. to sleep. Take your ass to the oh, sleep. Oh, that's go awesome. to sleep. Go to sleep. Go ahead, say it, David. He sounds just like his daddy. <laughs> David, say what you said before. Go to sleep. No, no. About, about him not understanding something. That's why. <laughs> that's why he's crying. Oh, oh no, no, because he's we, finishing Final Crisis. <laughs> No, I, I thought it, I thought the other one was better. Whenever you heard uh, Holden crying, you said, "Oh, Sal's back on the show this week." <laughs> <laughs> and Sal. that's because it, yeah, happy birthday, Sal. He's got a deeper Love voice you. than Sal. Yep. Happy, oh. birthday. Happy, birthday. happy birthday, Sal. Yes, uh, happy birthday, my yeah, man. Yeah, we went out. To, to, uh, took took my took my buddy out for uh, for some some cue today. So went out uh, went out for lunch. Oh, and, wasn't uh, the body sushi? Because no, you said no lunch was on you, yeah, so I was worried. One. No, lunch was lunch was on me only financially. With uh, right. there was no there was no body. Sushi. He'd be pulling hair out of his teeth till he was thirty nine. Oh, oh gosh, oh, yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. Angora sushi, sushi, be terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Price, what are you drinking this week? I am uh, back to basics with some Jim Beam and Canada Dry ginger ale. Nice, nice. Yeah. I uh, I've been uh, I've been doing the the Beam and ginger ale uh, myself. Of Good late. man. That's, that's, uh, um, yeah, Fred knows uh, mother drinks it that way. That's right. Uh, little uh, side note, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. B, what uh, variety of Yingling are you drinking this uh, this week? It's <laughs> odd that you should guess. Um, well, I tweaked it a little bit in respect to the thing I read for this week. If we ever get that far, I am drinking Yingling, Pack and Fam. Otherwise known as black and tan. Oh. I, re I read Hercules, dude. Uh, uh, 
very nice. Right. Ah, could, you know, uh, it fell I flat, mean, didn't it? You know, I've, I've, never, I've never liked the, the bottled <laughs> black and tans. I'm, I love uh, a black and tan at, uh, uh, at a bar that is, that is mixed right there. I've never, never really liked the, the bottled ones. But no? It's just, yeah, that's, that's just me. Well, so. I'm drinking Pack and Fam. Still doesn't work. Oh, wow. <laughs> get it, folks? It's Greg Pack and Koi yeah. Fam. Yes, from Hercules. Oh, oh gosh. You're you couldn't you, you, you squeeze a Van Lenthe in there somewhere? I, I need to write in, in relation to my audience, I guess. Well, it's an audience. But Wood's trying to put the boy to sleep. <laughs> For there real. All right, I'm sorry. Pack and uh, it's a... Uh, it, it has actually been unseasonably warm here in Chicago for the last Big couple of days. Yeah, we uh, we hit the fifties uh, uh, and actually sixties for a day, which was really nice. But uh, I'm drinking a uh, uh, one of my favorite winter drinks just because it, it, it started getting a little chilly, and uh, and I wanted to be up for tonight because I was kind of a slug last week. Apologies to everyone. Uh, so I am uh, drinking uh, something that I learned to make back in Iowa where it gets really fucking cold and it's called a Bailey's Comet and it may be a variation on on any recipes out there but it's basically a uh, a big old cup of coffee with a shot of Bailey's uh, Irish cream a shot of Kahlua and a shot of vodka damn and it's tasty that sounds it yeah let's rock it's rock and roll comic books slap your mama um (laughs) Well, (laughs) as far as Friday goes of the con, I can't speak too much about that because uh, my buddy Mike Dowdy Gube on our forum, forum forum.bullpinbulletinspodcast.com, had a funeral to go to. So we didn't actually arrive in the city until maybe, you know, 10 after 5. We had just enough time to get to the con, get our badges, walk around for an hour, and it was done. It It was over at 7, so... Wood's going to have to tell you about Friday because I was not all there. Hmm. Uh, Friday was the best day by far. Uh, was it really? Yeah, because <laughs> you were that. only there for two hours. Oh, uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, no, so uh, got to get there around noontime, uh, mainly because I went to check my bags at our hotel on the way from the office, and for some unknown reason, this particular hotel didn't have a concierge that lets you just check your bag for later. So well, where, where I sat you, there. Where, where did you stay? What, what hotel did you stay in? Uh, the Milford Plaza, <laughs> which, I, which I don't I, recommend to anyone if you're ever in New York. I don't. Oh, I come really. on. It's, it's the lullaby of old Broadway. <laughs> old uh, Broadway, right, baby. I thought yeah, it was awesome, stayed, yeah. personally. I've, I've always stayed in the New Yorker whenever I've been there. At that yeah, show, that would which be a much better option. Didn't uh, we find better. the rubber in the New Yorker? Yes, yep. yes, we did. Very that nice. was rubber. Nice. <laughs> Yummy. So, uh, Mr. Freaky Tiki, who was our, uh, our bunk mate, ran over from the con, and uh, he had the keys to the room and let me in, let me drop my stuff off. We headed back. Got there around noon, got right in, didn't have uh, any line or anything like that, which was great. And uh, it was great. I mean, Friday was very, very empty relative to Saturday. I mean, Saturday was like, I don't know, 60,000 people maybe, yeah. I'd say, Vince, right? I mean, that's what they Lots. said sold out on Saturday. And uh, really, it was great. I mean, the whole day was basically just... You know, walking around saying hello to people, various and sundry artists, and Podcast Alley was booming. So I uh, got to meet Mr. Caters for the first time uh, in person. It's, it's uh, underwhelming, isn't it? He wept when he said Oh, actually, it. Tom is way taller than I expected him to be. Oh, yeah. He, tall, uh, tall. Yeah, he's, he's a tall yeah, guy. He, he seems like a slight fellow when you see, look at his picture, but he's really not. No. Uh, I, I, I am... I am 
by far the shortest one on the show. Yeah, there you and go. I'm, yeah, and I'm, I'm the shortest I'm, man in podcasting. Well, <laughs> no, have you met the guys from CGS? <laughs> Seriously, they're tiny. I love them, but they're all tiny. Right. Uh, yeah, and Peter, Peter's listening right now, and he's 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 agreeing with me. He's nodding. But yeah, I'm like uh, I'm I'm almost five ten, and I'm the I'm the shortest one on the show by far. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's a fucking fascinating to everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Click. So oh, yeah. Uh, Click. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's turning over to the Wachter factor now. Oh, oh the new, good that's one. the new hotness. Yeah, we're yeah. the golden bust. That's the new day. Uh, one of the first people I ran into actually was uh, Mr. Loika, who nice. uh, in his in his usual manner was very energetic and upbeat and looking like he was running from point A to point B to point C. But uh, Tiki and I kind of did the tour. We uh, saw Mike Norton and his crew over at the Cadence booth, um, mm-hmm. saw Ryan Stegman, and he said very nice things, uh, way too nice things about our show. He, he listens to the show. I thought that was quite flattering. Uh, met Tim Seeley, who I had never met before and obviously has been uh, – a not too infrequent guest on your show, Chris. Yeah, uh, you, you just you just mentioned four Windy City guests in a row. I know. Yeah, we believe me. We talked about Windy City all weekend long. <laughs> no, nope, Pat, uh, Pat, Mike, um, Ryan, and Tim are all going to be there. Which, yep. um uh, And Dave. I don't want to. I don't want to promote. Oh yeah, and Dave. And, Dave. and I don't want. I don't want to promote too much. But um, I just heard from Kevin Mellon today, so um, Mellon's nice. going to be here. So, yep. Sweet. Uh, go ahead. Also, talk, talk, another- talk about that other con now. Yeah, another Windy City uh, attendee, I think, is uh, Sal Abenanti. Stopped at uh, mm-hmm. the Uncle Sal booth for a while and chatted with him. Um, really didn't do, do, do uh, I'm not a real big panel goer, so I didn't, Friday was all about just schmoozing, saying hello. Um, I, I was I was actually baffled uh, in a good way at how many people uh, from our forums came up and introduced themselves and uh, said how much they like to listen to our Weird, crazy little... It's very strange, very very strange. How was uh, uh, how how did you like your first convention uh, as being a member of the press? Uh, <laughs> interesting, bring that up because Vince can speak to this a bit too. Uh, it was great on Friday. Uh, it mm-hmm. didn't really make that much of a difference to us on Saturday. <laughs> because I heard the I heard the quote unquote professionals line on Saturday was ridiculous. Actually, it wasn't that bad, but for us it kind of sucked balls because Tiki. And Mike only had general admis- admission passes, exactly. and and Marty had a pro pass for his uh, back to the drawing board blog. Uh, I had a press pass, so did Wood. So we're 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 sauntering into the convention, and they let me in, they let Wood in, and they go, hey hey hey. They stopped Mike and Tiki, and like you can't come in this way. So we had to funnel into this line down to the basement into this corral which was about the size of a football field and a half, literally, right, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was zigzagging all back and forth through Vincent these metal. My heart sank because we were, we were through the line. You should tell them that we were oh. actually in the con. Yeah. And I, I love Tim. Tim's a great guy, and that's when you say, Tim, give me a call whenever you get into the con. Yeah. No, see, Is there anything you want me to look for? No. Yeah, I, I no. can't do that. I really can't. No. I, I would have felt bad. Plus, Tim... And his buddy Matt, who was the owner of his LCS Comicopia up in Boston, I mean, they had the room and did all those logistics, he's, and just I would have felt like a. That is an awesome store, by the way. If you're ever in Boston, mm-hmm. um, hit the uh, the Comicopia. And I was there last year. Uh, Marta and I went to a Red Sox game. It was Patriots Day, I think. Is that the big 
the big holiday there in Boston. Um, it was Patriots Day. The Boston Marathon was the same day, and it like was right outside of of Fenway Park. And we mm-hmm. walked down to Comicopia, and that's a really nice store if you're ever in Boston. Sweet, so. sweet. So, so wait. So we're in the in the corral, right? And Jason is trying to make as much headway as he can. So he's up ahead of me. He turns around and looks at me, and his face looks like somebody gave him a dirty Sanchez. He just he he had this wince on his face, like, dude, what the hell are we doing? So, so we're, going, we're surrounded by cosplayers and just yeah, and large. Media. Large cardboard uh. hammers, very deadly-looking cardboard swords. You know the, the deal. So we're, we're we're going through the corral. We get to the the uh, end of the room. We've completely traveled through this corral. End of the room. We go up the stairs, and we're back at the exact same spot where we came down. Which, as we were coming down, see, this is the heartbreaking part of it. As we were coming down, there were no guards there. So I said to the guys. Let's go up. And Tiki's like, no, we have to do it the way we have to do it. I'm like, we could have just walked right across and gone up and we would have been in. And I'll tell you, I loved him. This is the first time I've ever met him. Mm-hmm. But if if there was ever anyone that had an old soul, it's Tim. Oh, yeah. Very true. He, very he, he has the ability to tell stories very well and he has a million of them. Mm-hmm. And you, usually I'm I'm not a very social person other than what we do here, no, I'm, I'm kind of, really? no, I'm not, I'm kind of quiet, you know, and I just sat there most of the weekend and listened to Tim's stories and he's got one for every occasion and they're all awesome. And you know, you they're- just sit there and you're listening to him and it's like, here's a guy that is carrying on this tradition of telling these tales and he doesn't know it or maybe he does, I don't know, but he's like giving himself a little party every time he sits down with you. That's cool. And because, yeah. of, because of Tim, I'm going to try and reshape my convention thinking because I'm a comic whore. I go to a convention for one thing only, and it's to hit the dealer's tables and get as many comics as I can for as cheaply as I can. It's true, you know? people. I've seen it. It's, and I, it's I, fr- I, No, really, I do. And I, if, if I can find trades for five bucks, I'll be there ripping through them. But I miss the entire con experience by doing that. I, I saw a bunch of people, but I didn't really talk to many, and uh, it really hit me at the end when I when, on Sunday when we were talking to Norton. Norton has this thing where he thinks that either I avoid him or we don't really get to talk, and he's right. He, we don't get to talk because I don't make the friggin' effort to talk to people, and that sucks. And I should, and I don't know why. I changed that in Chicago this year. No, I do. And like you said, you've seen it. I'm just, I go for the books. And I'm talking to Mike the last day, and we were talking for about 10 minutes, and I, you know, getting into it. And I said, well, you know, it's time for us to go. We're going to leave. And Mike just had this look on his face like, what the fuck? Do I smell? You know? <laughs> and, and it's right, because I don't stick around. I'm like a titsy fly. I just flit all over the place looking for books, pay no attention to people, and that's wrong. Because, like, Jason had an awesome time on Friday talking to people. I didn't meet anyone, really. I met. I, I was hanging with Mike. I met Tim Seeley, which was really cool. I got a uh, an awesome man-thing sketch from Mike, which is gorgeous. And he was only charging 10 bucks. Oh, damn. Yep. Yeah, $10. And these are and, not... The, I'll post. I'll post mine, but and and Vince can do the same. When, when I I went there on Friday, and uh, I mentioned that Mike was sitting for the most part of the weekend at the uh, Cadence Art booth. It, I got to say, uh, the the uh, 
uh, I think Paolo is his name. Is he the owner of yep. Cadence, right? Yep. Paolo does it right. I mean, um, Artist Alley, you know, it was, it was really, you know, it was, it was good. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, if you have a table at Artist Alley, for the most part, you're squeezed in. I mean, that's just the way it is. There's space constraints. Paolo got all of the guys that, that, that he represents and girls and women, I should say. And he got them a humongous long row with huge space behind it, had breakfast for them, got them sandwiches. And it was so badass because uh, they were getting a ton of traffic, and it was just down the line. It was it was Tim Seeley, Chris Burnham, Norton, Krista Bari, Ryan Stegman, Jenny Frizen, um, you know, a couple other guys. I, I think Buzz Hassan, a couple other guys. I didn't get a chance to talk he to. He reps but, for Scotty. Yeah, for no, he Scott. does Scotty. He does Jamal um, Eichel. Um, guess, uh, guess who is going to have a booth at the Windy City Comic Con? Hayden's Art. Hayden's Comic Art, absolutely. Nice, so nice. and. And they're like seriously. I think I counted up. It's like eight or ten people that um, that are repped by Cadence yeah. are going to be there. So yeah. yeah. So he had it. He had it going on, and those guys were all sketching. Um, for the most part, all of them were doing super cheap sketches. They were calling it the uh, the recession proof sketches. And as Vince said, Norton was doing ten dollars sketches, and I've That's got a steal. A, That's a steal. Yeah, is, I've yeah. got, I think, uh, two Norton sketches from prior cons and a, and a commission, and he's fantastic. And when I went up to ask him to do any character from Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, he said, hey, no problem, but, you know, um, since it's 10 bucks and I'm going to be doing a lot, I hope you don't mind. This won't be as detailed as uh, as the stuff I, I guess I'm you, you're used to be doing. And I was like, dude, no no problem, you know, whatever you need to do. I come back a couple hours later. It's a it, it's like a freaking piece of it could be in it could be straight out of a page of Gardens of the Galaxy. He drew a rocket raccoon that's so freaking detailed. It's amazing for ten dollars. I was embarrassed that he only charged me ten dollars. It was <laughs> it, it was it embarrassed me. Um, but <laughs> the cool thing is Norton Norton was the first to do a sketch in my sketchbook. Uh, in the new sketchbook, and it always sets the tone. So when I handed it off to Seeley and then Stegman, you know, they felt compelled to do their best. Add up their game, <laughs> exactly. So uh, I've, I've got uh, I've got two of Mike's pages uh, hanging up right above me right now. I've got one of his Queen and Country pages, and uh, I don't know if, if I ever showed Vince this. I've got one of the uh, um, Spider-Man Marvel Adventures pages with Thin Fang Foom. Mm-hmm. That is just mm-hmm. freaking awesome. That's great. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my. It's it, it's probably my my favorite comic book page that I have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mike Mike is uh, he's so good. And I I think there's congratulations in order. Have they uh, officially announced that? Or I don't know. I think that's on the down low. Oh okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. on the down low. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe down not, low. we'll let him confirm that. Edit, if he says edit, it. Hey boys. Love what you do. I, I love it. Uh, my name is John. Yeah, my name my name is John, and uh, I'm calling you to say I love I love what you do. I like to listen to you to your to your cash while I, I sharpen my hunting knife on uh, on my big wheel, Bessie. And um, oh my God, my kid is climbing on the ironing board. Bryant, Bryant. Tell your brother to get down. Get down. Get Marsh and get the fuck down. Sorry about that. Um, I love it. I love what you do. And uh, Vince, why why do why do you not have any pictures of yourself on the website? I can't. I've looked hard for, for, for photos of you, and I can't find a, a single one. Um, 
think about it if you put, maybe post some up and maybe just get a look at you. Um, I love what you do. Keep doing it. I wish you'd do one every day. Um, but uh, then again, once a week it helps with my my master my my my, 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 my masturbation problem that I have. Um, anyway, keep on doing it, and uh, I love you. Bye bye. I own a, a Norton page too. It's from the Marvel Adventures Spider-Man. Yes. It's the Man Thing page. Nice. Dave Dave yeah. uh, Wachter uh, grabbed it for me and graciously sent it to me. So, but yeah. So the the, the sketch Mike Norton did for me at the show was uh, again a Man Thing because I, I love the Man Thing, and uh, he put uh, those who don't understand Final Crisis burn <laughs> at the touch of the Man Thing, and it's a it's yeah. an illustration naturally of the Man Thing. He's reading Final Crisis and he's he's thumbing through the pages, hmm, trying to understand. It's really nice. He got the he has a huge hump on his back, and the the arc of the head is just perfect. Mike did a mm-hmm. great job. But then I got a, a Vampirella from Tim Seeley, but because I'm such an asshole and left on Sunday, I didn't get to pick it up. So I'm gonna have to buy something else from Sealy so he can send me that. But uh, There you go. Yeah, and you know, I think that's why I was kind of in a funk the past couple of days because I realized I've I friggin' squandered an awesome opportunity to meet all these people who make the books that I love and I I don't take advantage of it because well, I'm you know- yeah, I'm no, too I uh, materialistic. I just want more comics. Well, I had never been at a con with Vince before. Well, we were at we were at 300, but that's not really a con. Right. Um, so, so I saw what he was talking about firsthand. But I, you know, as, as I went around Friday, I really wanted to just take the opportunity to, um, you know, say hello to people either uh, that that we knew from the forums or that I had wanted to meet or or, or artists and whatnot. Um, uh, the other two artistic highlights of that day for me were uh, one stopping by Julian Lytle's booth and. <laughs> And just, I mean, he's just a lot of fun. He's as fun in person as as he is, uh, you know, on the forums in terms of his love for all things Morrison and just fun comics. But he also did a kick-ass uh, Sunny Sumo uh, for me, and it's great. It's Sunny Sumo uh, holding the, uh, the 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 beheaded metal remains of the uh, the mecha robot that he that he that he beat to shit in the uh, first issue of Final Crisis. So very very cool. And then the the other highlight of the day was. Um, was going over to the man of action table and shooting the shit for about 15, 20 minutes with Joe Kelly, who, as you guys know, is my, you know, one of my all time favorites. And, uh, mainly for, for nostalgic purposes because he wrote the best Deadpool ever. But, but obviously of late, he's been on an, on a massive role with I kill giants and four eyes. And I, you know, I did mention that, uh, you know, we seemingly rave about image and, uh, and his stuff quite a bit. And so he said, check bad, us dog, out. bad dog number one came out today. Uh, yeah, actually, awesome. they had copies at the con, so I, I had him um, I had him sign a copy of Bad Dog One while I was up there and uh, and whatnot. So uh, it was great. Got to meet the other, you know, Steven Siegel and Joe Casey, and got to meet uh, Ken Nomura, who is the um, you know the artist on on I Kill Giants. Uh, very how, cool how, was, young... how was how was Joe Kelly? How me? was he? Yeah, how was awesome. he? Was, was, yeah. He was great, man. He was uh, he was super super gracious. Um, we talked a little bit about Amazing Spider-Man. You know how he how he feels to be part of the uh, the Brain Trust now. He said it's been a lot of fun and it's been great to not be a part of the original Brain Trust. So he takes no no uh, no heat from anybody for the the whole you know brand new day thing. But but now he's on it on the book and uh, uh, you know he said he and the Man, Man of Action guys are really trying to crank out their own content as we've been seeing lately. Um, and uh, no, he was super cool. Like I said, and we probably talked for fifteen. 20 minutes just because uh, there wasn't really anybody around this table inexplicably and uh, it was just fantastic for me a real geek out moment you know yeah and then and then shortly thereafter I was uh, lovingly reunited with Vince B and uh, 
and, and his posse. Yeah, my posse, <laughs> which was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, but right. You got you got there what around five o'clock or so, I'd say. Yeah, we got into the show around five. By the time we got our badges, it was around six. Mm-hmm. You know. So um, naturally, I made a beeline for the tables, and then I was hanging yeah, with you like for. A crack addict. I he am. Was. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I, and he I came ignore- over to the podcast alley, and everybody was waiting for Vince to get there. Marty, Vince, and his friend Mike showed up. You know, a lot of, a lot of uh, little pod. You know, the the um, all the podcasters were standing around. It was uh, the uh, Indie Spinnerack guys, Toledo, Mister Phil, um, uh, Joe CGS. and Jimmy, Joe and Jimmy from CNI. The you know. CGS guys were there. Uh, Ian Levenstein and uh, his posse from Comic Timing, the Raging Bullets guys, Sean and Jim. Anybody else? Oh, oh, oh! Uh, you got to meet. You got your first chance to meet Umar and yeah. uh, the rest of the Fixers crew, right? They're good guys. Meet, yeah. Got to meet Daryl, which we'll talk about a little bit more. We got to spend some time with Daryl. The fuck it. This Daryl. This is Daryl. I'm drinking with you. Fuck it. So uh, I nice. <laughs> But we're in the midst of like this wonderful reunion. Like, wow, it's great to see everybody. We're gonna have a great weekend. And Vince is like, "Come on, let's hit the tables. I gotta get, I gotta get something. To read. Goes, I gotta get something to read tonight." I'm like, "Read tonight. We're gonna go out tonight." He's like, "I gotta get something to read." So we 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 hauled ass and we found uh, a buy one get two free trades trade stand and uh, hell yeah, and bought ourselves some 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 trades on the cheap. You're, I got uh, the Hercules, the first volume of the Hercules hardcover. And because I bought that, I got the the two X Factor hardcovers that I needed for free, for free. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm telling you. But so, oops, sorry, Herc. I'm sitting, I'm standing there talking to people, and I feel this these little hands around my leg, and it feels like something's humping my leg. And I turn around. Peter Rios is behind <laughs> me, and he's and he's and he's like thrusting into my side. I was like. <laughs> Boy, that's a greeting I don't usually get, you know. But so, yeah. And I was talking to him, met the fixers guys, and and um, Raf Radia. Was oh yeah, there, Wraith Maker. Yeah, yeah. Ian new and in the house hanging with us. Yep, Sean. Alec. And, oh, New Mutant is awesome, isn't he? He's a great guy. Super, he, super great guy. No, where did we go for dinner on um, Saturday night? Yes, yeah, so, well, Saturday or Friday? Fr- Friday night. The the buffet thing, the podcasters oh. thing. Yeah, so well, Saturday night we had your. I guess you're skipping over our Friday night. All right, well, don't do Friday. We'll just we'll, we'll take it easy, take it slow. But New Mutant made a hell of a pre- an impression on me. I love that guy. Yeah, really. He, he was he's a uh, lot of fun to be around. Definitely, he's uh, he's uh, he's the uh, he's as as funny and and uh, quick witted uh, in person as he is with the uh, with the hilarity on the forums. Which which did is, he have his diary with him? His diary. If he did, every post is the pretty book- much dear diary. Oh, I, you're talking about the book with all the David Price images in it? <laughs> <laughs> you best. Yeah, he says, no. he says, I'm giving you a run for your money now. You better watch out. Uh, all right. but, yeah, and, and so I, all right, I've come to the conclusion, while I'm thinking about it here, here's what I'm going to do next time we go to a show. Hopefully, it'll be a three-day show. First day, whore myself out, just get as much shit as I can get. Saturday, just talk to people all day long. And Sunday, I don't know, maybe a mixture of both. But I, I have to cut this crap out about trying to get as much comics as i can it's i spent less money at this con by far than i've ever spent at a con i just wasn't focused on it yeah so friday night we didn't really have any concrete plans but there was uh there was uh, allegedly the inter spinner guys had gotten a uh, a room at a karaoke bar down in the village where we were all going to meet up and uh, i guess attempt to sing karaoke so um so we rolled downtown found a little restaurant that uh i forget the name of it but it was pretty good right i thought it it was was, uh, really good yeah yeah 
Yeah, it was really good. It was uh, our crew, our room. There was, I think, what, seven guys in our room <laughs> in a three-foot yeah. by three-foot room. Oh, six, yeah. Six guys. At dinner. Yeah. And, uh, and then we walk over to the karaoke bar, and uh, we were told that, that they would be there by 9 o'clock. So we showed up after dinner, which is, I think, around 10, 30, 11. And we walk in, ask for where they're at. There's no, no sign of them. Call up Charlito, and he's like, oh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm at dinner with my agent. Uh, we'll be there soon. And I'm just like, Charlie, it's 11 o'clock. You were supposed to be here at 9. And he's like, oh, yeah. So we ended up not doing karaoke and, uh, and instead rolled back to the room and had a couple drinks, rolled back to the room. But and then, uh, we did get to hear a stunning rendition of Jim Steinman's We Don't Need Another Hero by some mid- middle-aged drunk woman who was <laughs> like missing the words. It's like, oh, guys, it, what are we doing here? Or? Oh, no, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, so, but so we we got back to the room and thankfully Jim Beam was there waiting Jim for Beam us. Was there, yes, Vince was a fan of the Jim Beam. Yes, yeah. he was. Nice, uh, Vince, you've you've done me proud. Straight yeah. man, I was drinking it straight. And uh, Vince and Marty tried to t- teach me how to play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> oh God, it was fun. Oh, was it strip Magic the Gathering? But it was uh, it was. Li- I mean, they were like, "Oh, you'll you'll pick it up," and literally, I mean. I'd like to think I'm a pretty smart guy. I know I know a lot a lot about a lot of things, and uh, I, I swear to God, I, you need a PhD to play Magic. I mean, it was baffling to me as they're go- they're like, "We'll just play a hand, and you just follow along." I, it was literally like another language. It was really, honestly, like another language. I mean, I I, I was I just went to bed. I was like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, he bombed out after a while, and uh, Marty's holding the cards. He's like, "What what's going on?" Because <laughs> usually when we when we show somebody how to play, we go for like three four hours just teaching them the the intricacies of the game. And and I'm casting a card, and it was an interrupt. And Jason's like, "Well, why are you doing that on his turn?" I was like, "Dude, I told you it's an interrupt." God, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we had a, we had a real good time. We you know washing it down with with the the beam and and beam and magic. Come on, but Marty yeah. wasn't drinking. Marty probably would have killed us in, his, in our sleep if he was drinking. <laughs> I have got to meet Marty one of these days. Oh, hell yeah. I don't yeah. even want to think we gotta about get, it. we got to get Marty out to Chicago, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be like one of those lost weekend things mm-hmm. where, you know, Marty and I go out and, you know, snort coke off of strippers' asses. And like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know this. That. It was fascinating to learn as we were down in the village that Marty used to be a punk. I yep. didn't know that. Uh, he he clearly was talking the talk, so I think that's uh, it was pretty cool. And Vince, you for, we forgot to mention that you and I thought our bags got stolen. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was no good. I parked mine in the corner. Jason had his on the right hand side. We get back to the room. I was gonna go in my bag, and for whatever reason, I'm like, "Where the hell's my bag?" Jason's like, "My bag is gone." And it <laughs> it, it turns, oh lord, it, it turns out <laughs> he turns into, turns into the kingfish. Oh my bag! So <laughs> it turned out that because of some technicality. What was the reason, Jason? We ended up getting a bigger room. Yeah, I don't remember. But 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 they they let us keep the other room because naturally there was things in it and it wasn't going to be cleaned till the morning anyway. So we had two rooms. So we split up, and Matt and I think it was just Matt went down to the mm-hmm. the one the one on the other floor, and we all stayed in in the main room, and some of us slept in actual beds as opposed to Saturday <laughs> night when we were all on the floor. I'll say. Yeah, it was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so so then Saturday was really more the same. I mean, just uh, 
spending more time with uh, with artists and such. But I, Chris, this is where the I get to the part where I really owe you a big debt of gratitude. Uh-huh. So for the last month or two, you've been telling Vince and I and our listeners that oh, you hero. should always stop by the Hero Initiative and get the schedule, right? So yeah. I went by Hero Initiative on Friday, and they didn't have a schedule printed up. But it's it was really easily centrally located, so pretty much every now and then I would just walk by to see who was there. And George Perez was there probably ninety percent of the time, which is cool, you know. Don't get me wrong, but but he's, he's always there. It's, well, he's a board yeah, member, exactly. But I knew that Fraction was supposed to be there at some point. So on Saturday, I just walked by every now and then, and bam, one I, I, I I'm walking by with Tiki, and there sitting there, Matt Fraction with nobody around them. Mm-hmm. So I rolled over to him. It was pretty cool since he's a writer. Uh, he he was instead of uh, doing sketches, he was offering to to draw an elephant in any character that you wanted for a ten dollar <laughs> donation to Hero. So I walked up to him, asked him to draw me Casanova as an elephant, which he started laughing about. And then we chatted for a bit. He gave me a huge potential uh, tip on on what we might be seeing in the X Men, but I'll save that for another time. And uh, it was great. So I got to meet Fraction. It was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, and the funny. Trip, I think. He is. He's a real cool guy. And the funny thing is, is thanks to your tip, I got to spend you know 15 minutes with the dude just chatting with nobody around. And then literally two hours later, I'm walking by the Marvel booth, and there's a line of, I'd say conservatively, four or 500 people waiting yep. in line for him to see Fraction. Hmm. And I'm just thinking, God, these people are going to wait for an hour or two just to get two minutes to, to have him sign something. And I got to hang out with the dude for 10, 15 minutes and just and talk. I'm, and so. I'm telling people right now that whenever you go to Wizard World Chicago this year, if you're a George Perez fan or a Frank Cho fan, don't wait for them to be at the company booth. Go to Hero. Find out when they're going to be there. You'll be able to get a Frank Cho sketch for probably a pretty darn good price and help out a great charity and be able to spend time talking with the guy why he's there same thing with 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 Perez you know I, I'm pretty sure that both of them are going to be uh, at the hero booth I'll be shocked if they're not so I mean it's every every con heroes to every con go there yeah I, I didn't get to talk to fraction because you were you were <laughs> dump, dumpster diving for like yep. old young blood issues weren't you now, I did get a copy of Cable number 63, finished my run. Well, nice. well no, it, it's a double-edged sword. I finished my run of Cable, but because I didn't have the issue, I didn't know that that issue, featuring Strife, is the second part of a three-issue crossover with X-Man. So I got one issue ahead, now I'm two back, because I have to get those two stupid issues of X-Man to finish the, the, the mm-hmm. stupid story. Serves you right. I know. Right. I know, yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, 90s. Well, that's hey, awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad you got to, to hang out at the at the hero booth. It's usually usually um, some cool stuff going on around there. It, it and, totally was a great tip on your part. And um, yeah, and, and the other the other place I thought that was really cool was the image booth was kind of tucked away. And I don't know if it was just location or or what, but you know how I mean, pretty much everything image puts out, I'm loving these days. And I just literally T- Tiki and I walk by the image booth and I look around and then there's Richard Starkings, Joe Mads, Frank Cho. Uh, the uh, comic book tattoo people, B. Claymore, and they're all just sitting around. Like almost nobody was at the booth, so yep. we literally just went guy by you know artist by artist and just introduced ourselves, talked. Richard Starkings, you know he knows he knows the, you guys from around, and we talked about you know how happy you are to see Elephant Men back on a regular schedule. And I uh, talked to Frank, and uh, you know I'd never met Frank Joe before, and he's one of my favorite you know current artists, and uh, got him to sign a few things and. 
and uh, found out I guess he's doing Ultimates 4 next with Jeff Loeb. So yet again, I guess I'm going to have to buy a Jeff Loeb comic. No. Uh, Richard, yeah, Richard, I mean, Richard, Richard is so much fun to talk to, and he totally, he, totally. he will literally talk your ear off, and you'll love every second of it. It was great. It was great, and um, the Jersey Gods guys were there. The the new, you know, another one of the new new titles that just came out. I think this week, um, and uh, I hadn't read the. They had the copy of the book, but I didn't, you know, pick it up or read it there. So I, but I did introduce myself, and you know, told them about the our, our two our shows, and just. Uh, you know, said that we were looking forward to uh, to the book and whatnot. We had talked about it when it was solicited, and uh, it was great. Like I said, I mean, it was so much fun meeting all those guys, and uh, and for the most part, just because I, I avoided the the main DC and Marvel areas uh, and just stuck to Artist Alley and 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 some of the 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 secondary booths, I was pretty much able to talk to anybody I wanted without any lines or any anybody pressuring me to move on. It was great. Hey, Eleven O'clock Comics. It's Tom Morris calling in. What I'm calling about, I think I'd like to get my own two cents regarding essentially what I would call the uh, death of Batman, although Grant Morrison says Batman and Robin will never die. Bruce Wayne is dead. It seems strange, in my opinion. I mean, I love this idea of him having to fire a death bullet to kill a god and save the universe. But, I don't know, it, it feels real strange. I was waiting really till the end of Final Crisis to make my opinions. I don't know. It just feels like it would have been made, would have made more sense logically as a long-term fan for it to be the Joker or Two Face to be part of Batman's death. I don't really know who I who I would say is the person, you know. It doesn't feel like it's it's the you know the end of the ultimate struggle between Batman and the Joker, you know Bruce Wayne versus the Joker, Bruce Wayne versus Harvey Dent, Toothpaste. You know it, it feels like some of his more classic roads should have been there for that final battle. And really, it, it's like in Dark Knight. It's there, there's put the Joker and Batman and the immovable object versus the irresistible force. It may, it, you know, it would make sense for the two of them to take each other out. And I don't know, it, it feels weird for it to be Darkseid. Darkseid is really a, a, he's not Batman's nemesis. He's more, I mean, he's on essentially, you know, you know Superman's level. He's Clark's, he's a nemesis for Clark. He's not Lex, but he, he he's on Clark's level. Uh, I don't know, like I said, it just feels weird. I mean, I suppose it would have been cliche for him to die at the hands of the Joker. Or to die at the hand of, say, Two-Face or someone else like that. But what have felt right? I don't know. I mean, the idea of him using a gun in the end, though, makes sense. That, that I like. I like that idea. It, it still just feels weird. I almost would have loved it more if it had been, you know, Darkseid in the body of Harvey Dent or Darkseid taking over the Joker in a way. You know, it's... I mean, it might have been a little... You might have seen that coming more, but it sounded like... I think we all agreed that... They they didn't hide that Bruce was, you know, that Batman was going to... They didn't hide the, the chance that it was going to happen. I mean, they, I'm sure people were hoping that it didn't go that way. I'm sure they were throwing some misdirection. I think a lot of people thought maybe he was going to die in the end of RP. You know, Morrison kind of handed in the end... I mean, that RP was just the last Batman adventure on his own. And I guess that makes sense. It really was the last solo adventure of Batman. And I, I'm going to reread it again and maybe have a little 
look into more details into, you know, what this last one was. Because he did, in the end, get a chance to face his last, you know, the Joker in one last confrontation. Although, his final confrontation kind of solo really was against the black hand, or the black glove, I guess, who may have been, you know, the psychological embodiment of all that Batman battles. But the Joker is the psychological embodiment of what Batman battles. Darkseid, though, is a, a, a very similar one, although Darkseid is not chaos. He is totalitarian. You know, I mean, he is death. And I don't really know where I would be, you know, if I, where, what I would have done if I was writing. I mean, I guess that's the problem. You know, I'm a fanboy. We're all fanboys. We all probably could have written our own The Death of Batman story. All of us could have. Really, in the, I would have preferred the idea of Batman living and. I mean, after killing Darkseid, putting the costume away, you know, throwing the cowl away, saying, you know, that was it, you know, his final, his only chance to use a gun, and, you know, this was, you know, using a gun that meant the end of Bruce Wayne being Batman. But, I don't know, I guess, you know, I'm sure this was not the easiest decision to do at the, you know, DC, you know, DC themselves. And I, I kind of wonder, you know, you know how how difficult it is to make a decision like that. Especially, they knew going into the Dark Knight would be a success. I'm sure they even the head DC didn't expect Dark Knight to be the high second highest grossing film of all time. But you got to think that DC people knew that this was a great time for Batman, for Bruce, for the Bruce Wayne character. But I guess we'll just see, you know, like how that turns. I mean. It kind of feels like something's missing now, and I guess it'll be interesting to see how DC handles it. Anyway, uh, Tom Morse will see you all on the forum. You guys, are, you guys are giving me the itch. Something off. I yeah, was, yeah, you know, I was, I was at work on on Thursday last week, and I was like, you know, I could probably scope out a last a last minute plane ticket here and <laughs> see if I, <laughs> Well, I, they, we didn't tell them about the phone call that you made. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah, Friday. I was like, hey guys, how you doing? I'm yeah, <laughs> well, I'm digging I, through I, trade boxes, and Chris is on the phone. You know, I should have taken a flight out. I could have done it. I could have came I out. Well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I meant it. Right. Uh, I was going to okay. say I'm looking online right now, and I may I may uh, try and convince my uh, my wife to uh, let me sneak out of here in a couple weeks. I'm I'm looking at WonderCon right now because nice. I've, I've got the I've got the convention bug, something awful. Ah, well, <laughs> well, Jason, we didn't. You speak uh, speaking of tattoos, we didn't tell him my idea that we hashed out oh. during during dinner. I think it's we a pretty are good not idea. Fucking matching tattoos. No, but which would be cool. Call me. Uh, Tiki was. <laughs> Tim was telling us a story about a friend of his who got a Kachu tattoo, uh-huh. and it and it wasn't the the, the greatest. And she, Terry Moore actually adjusted it for her, and she went back to the tattoo artist and had him fix it based on Terry Moore's lines. And I, I'm thinking, you know what? A lot of people, a lot of comic fans, get comic book inspired tattoos grendel's you know uh kirby characters why not set up a booth because a a tattoo gun is basically a pencil Mm -hmm. with you know set up a tattoo booth at a convention and have legitimate not not legitimate artists i'm sorry tattoo people are artists have the artists that actually drew these characters 
doing tattoos. Would you pay for a say a Barry Windsor Smith Conan on your oh, on your shit. shoulder? I would. Oh yeah, you know that, that that could be a huge business for someone. Also, I think the artist would have a kick if they were like, you know, because right. the this story Tim told was great, right? It was uh, because remember the 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 woman in question had a kachu that didn't look so good on her left shoulder, and then she went up to Terry Moore and asked for a um, a Francine on the other shoulder, and he drew Francine on her shoulder, and then she told him she was about to go get it tattooed okay, uh, right. right. Right in there, and then he looked over to her other shoulder and said, "Hmm, is that supposed to be Kachu?" And he said, "Here, let me yeah. see. There's a few things she left out." And he touched that one up, which was great. She's looking like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and if and if Tim didn't tell us the story, I would have never had the idea. See, Tim brings out the best in people. I love you know, that, that guy. That's that's one of my big regrets is that uh, uh, Tim was uh, he didn't really introduce himself to to me in person uh, until he was. A couple weeks away from moving to Boston because he used to live here in Chicago, and I honestly met him like two weeks before he moved. And mm-hmm. like the first year that we were doing around comics, he he lived here and and listened to the show. So you know it's his fault because he didn't come and introduce himself. That's but right. uh, he sh- he should be doing a podcast, the yeah. Tiki's the Tiki's Lounge, yeah. because he's got a great this voice and a- another fucking comic. Nah. Well, this one would actually be one of the better ones because. Great voice, got a lot of stories, has a passion for comics like Oof. no one I've ever encountered. Yeah. See, I'm smitten with Tiki. You are. I got Tiki all over me. I got to talk to him for a few minutes Thursday night to tell him that, uh, I guess to break the bad news to him, well, like, it's bad news for some, because uh, <laughs> he, had, he had called me to let you guys know to bring towels because ain't no one sharing towels in a room of six, seven guys. And uh, that's when I had to tell him that uh, that I wouldn't be making it this weekend. And and man, it, it, he, he's a really good actor, or he was thoroughly depressed and well, not depressed, but 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 saddened that I wasn't going to be there. No, he's oh, a yeah, good he guy. Sad. No, he was really sad. Yeah, he was. So were many other people, by the way. Yep. <laughs> that was no, that no. Was probably he's not. He's not kidding. kidding. Most right, common questions: Where is David? I haven't seen him around. Right. And I said, "Well, it's because he's not here." But <laughs> that's a good idea. He's <laughs> doing an invisible girl impersonation. But we said you'd do your best to uh, to make it to Windy City if you could. We'll see. So, and yeah. another one of the guys that that I just glommed onto was Julian Lytle. Oh hell yeah! He is a scream man. I literally almost crapped my pants. Wait, he's a screamer. I, I, he is, no, he, he's, he is funny. We, we, we're at dinner Saturday night, and uh, he's going through Final Crisis number seven, and I, I, I probably can't do justice to it. So Jason's going to have to do it. Do you, do you remember what, what he said? He's, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, Dark Side guy hit with the bullet, blam, and he's going, and he's, he's, his hands are moving, and he, he acted out the entire issue almost. And Wraith Maker was sitting next eyes. to him. Yeah, his eyes and his his gestures are just classic. Oh, he, right? and I tr- you know what? Here's another thing. I'm an idiot. I bought I brought the recorder with me and three rechargeable batteries. Had them all juiced up. I didn't pull the stupid recorder out once. We are talking about uh, testicle trees in the room and raking them up in the fall. Like that would have been great stuff for just like incidental stuff on the podcast. Nah, I didn't bring it out once. But anyway. Yes, I said testicle trees. So, so Wraith, Wraith Maker's there, and it was like getting this little pantomime thing. Wraith, you know how energetic Raph is. He's going into it like, yeah, boy, and they're all going back and forth. And I said, this is like heaven to me. I was just sitting there laughing. Yeah. I got out of there. I had a, 
a headache like you would not believe from laughing at Julian and uh, Wraithmaker. It was nuts. Nice. Yeah. Saturday night, we had uh, the podcast dinner, which was put together uh, by the companies and Saturday guys, Joe and uh, Jimmy. And it was at uh, the Heartland Brewery, which is a brewery in Times Square that makes their own beers. And there were some tasty, tasty beverages. Good beer. Um, we, we had our own private room with our, a private, our own bar. It was probably, I think, what, 50, 60 people there? Yeah. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. We had plenty of time, really good food. It was buffet, but plenty of food. Uh, even more to eat. Yep. Yes. Joe, oh, Joe and Jimmy are always awesome about rolling out the red carpet for, for all the podcasters yep. and all the podcast listeners. And this is what, four years in a row now that, that they've really kind of been the, the go-to guys in the yeah, podcast absolutely. community for mm-hmm. setting things up. And they always do charity stuff at their at their table in the podcast uh, arena. And, yeah, you just can't say enough nice things about uh, about Joe and Jimmy uh, and yeah, what, they, what they do. They're, they're great. We um, – we rolled, so we had the dinner. It was really, I mean, that was one of the highlights of the weekend. We I mean, just a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Like you said, Ju- Julian and Raff and uh, just uh, and Steve Mount Raker's Rack. awesome too. Yep, Steve Raker. We 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 were, you know, obviously he stayed with us Saturday night. We got to hang out with him. Uh, Malpractice was there. Who else was there? Uh, Joey, yeah. Mobile Home. Uh, oh, Tony, as, I missed Tony. Asgardi- yeah, Tony uh, as Guardian. Um, trying to, st- I, I hate to leave people out because you don't want st- to. I don't want to make right. Any- That's just you don't start naming them because then you're. I know. You're inevitably <laughs> gonna, f- I know. Forget but, somebody. But, but really, it was. I mean, Yoda uh, Jones. I, Yoda Jones. Peter uh, was there for a for a, and a brief period who, with his uh, girlfriend, Mama. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter is 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 dating well above his, himself. Oh say. yeah. Marios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's sharp. <laughs> yeah, she is very, very. She's she's very, very attractive and very, very, uh, uh, very, very uh, witty as well. She she's yeah. got a, a razor sharp wit. Um, so you said witty. I was going to say lickable. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work too. I, I figured Peter's listening. So. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, and then after that, what did we do? Oh, we rolled to um, to that bar with the uh, with with the iFanboy guys. Uh, oh, yeah. I heard, yeah, I talked to Ron this weekend. It sounded like it was a good time. It was. We we got there and it was. Uh, we we rolled with a pretty big posse. It was all of us in, in our room, and then we had Daryl and uh, Vince. Who was Daryl's fr- friend? The the one that uh, I forget his his name. Um, you know the the other guy from Defixers that came with us to to the bar. Matt Maat. No, no, it wasn't Maat. It was the uh, the the short uh, Latino guy. Um, oh, jeez, no. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I do. Right. <sighs> Sorry, I and, can't. And while we're while we're walking over to the bar, Daryl called the hotline. Yeah. And, and he's like, <laughs> I'm walking over, and I'll, I'll play that. And at the end of the hotline message, he goes, fuck it, like on the street with us right next to him. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a very meta moment, right, to have Daryl. It, it was. It scares yeah. me that Daryl has the hotline number programmed into his phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's got it on speed dial. He does. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So so we get to that bar and it was the iFanboy guys hosting, but Kate, you know Tom was there, so we got to have some booze with him. Norton was there, and we talked to him uh, quite a bit, hung out. Um, well, wait, wait before you get into it, tell tell them what Tom was doing. They they had big screen TVs hanging, and I uh, they were showing The Godfather, but because it was so loud in there, they had the the, uh, the closed captioning on, and Tom is acting out The Godfather in re- relation to the closed captioning. So I, I, we're standing there, and the scene where the guy gets the horse head in the bed <laughs> is on, and, and the captions just said, ah, like screaming, and Tom's going, ah, like screaming. The <laughs> 
So it was like we got to see Tom's stage act a little bit without paying for it. You know, that's that you 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 really have to go see Tom do improv. It is it is a riot. And I haven't he hasn't uh he hasn't done a show in a while, I don't think, but we went and saw him a year or so ago and it is it's a hoot. Tom Tom is Tom is a lot of fun to see on stage. I bet. Yeah. Uh who else? We oh we uh we met the um I'm forgetting his name. I'm terrible with that. But uh, the the owner of Challengers of the Unknown that you were um, that you did the show with, Chris. Oh, uh, Patrick Brower. Yeah, yeah, we met Patrick. He was a very, very nice guy. Um, oh yeah, and actually, tell him about who showed up at your table. Well, I get to that. I get to that. We're All still right. at the see, I'm, party. Right. Vince okay. is ready. To, see, at this point, Vince is ready to go home and sleep. So he's he's trying to jump <laughs> ahead. But um, and then we um, the one guy at Image we didn't get a chance to talk to that I wanted to was B Clay Moore. And then, as luck would have it, he was at the bar uh, boozing it with the uh, the fanboy guys. So we actually got to chat for a while and talked about uh, Hawaiian Dick, of course. But I asked him when the hell we're going to see the rest of '76, and mm-hmm. uh, he said it is coming, but it's probably not coming as soon as we'd like to see it. There's various and sundry reasons we probably don't need to get into, but but it will be coming. He's hopeful they'll have it finished by the end of the year, which uh, is good because I, I love me some Jackie Karma. Um, but he he was a su- I mean he was a super cool dude and he he's big on Twitter and he said he loves he's like probably the only comic artist that actually still follows me on Twitter because he says he actually doesn't mind all the Wall Street crap so <laughs> so karma to him for not not unfollowing me because I talk about Wall Street stuff um, starts every sentence with a dollar sign that's it baby <laughs> that's true I, I'm I'm following you again by the way ah uh, nice on, nice on Twitter yeah because friggin' Mike Norton got me back into it nice um, nice yeah so blame then, him. As Vince alluded, we um, we after we were at that bar and we're closing it down, we went to uh, where Jimmy and Joe were having drinks after the I think O'Flaherty's it's called. Um, yeah. It's where they usually hang out. It's one of the places I think they drink a lot. Just uh, you know, on their it's one of their their watering holes. So did you didn't come with us, right, Vince? Or you you did, or and then you left early? No, we went back to the room. Yeah, and I was pretty drunk know, by then, so I'm not quite sure of. of yeah, all because that. at dinner I had about eight. Or nine beers. I mean, yeah. people were buying beers for everyone, and I was buying them, and I, I lost track. And yeah. when we went back to the room, I started drinking the me and Mike and I started drinking the uh, the Jim Beam again. So nothing goes yeah, so- with Essential Godzilla better than Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> no. So we went to O'Flaherty's, and and, uh, and a lot of the, again a lot of the podcasters were there and stuff from and had been there all night. Um, got to spend a lot of time with David D, who is. Um, you know he's he's on our boards, but he's also the uh, the moderator over at the comic forums, and uh, and I had never met him before, despite kind of being at the same place a couple different times over the years. So it was really great. We actually had a good long talk. He actually um, he he works for a hedge fund as well. I didn't know that, so we had a little bit in common. But uh, by that point, I'm blind drunk. I mean, I'm ha- hammered. And we're sitting at this table and having a great time, and you know, just talking to everybody. And there's people across from me. I don't know who they are, but you know, I'm presuming that they're you know either they're not podcasters. I'm presuming they are you know at the con for some reason. And Tiki comes and sits down, and he's sitting there. And he looks at me, and goes, "Do you know who that is sitting right there?" And I was like, "No, why should I?" And he's like, "It's Ben Templesmith." <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. So Templesmith is sitting there boozing it with us at the table for like two hours. I didn't even know it. So I'm all hammered, and I go up and just introduce myself. And I, I'm like, oh, I really like your stuff. I'm like, we need more fell. And he says, Yeah, we'll talk to Warren. He's like, He's like, talk to Warren. I'm like, All right. I'm like, I'll call. Yeah, I'll him get up. on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get on that. But no, he was a really cool dude. Uh, you know, just boozed it with us, and um, 
And then as we were leaving, uh, you know, I'm stumbling out the door, and Tiki's like, hold on a second. And uh, he goes, look who it is. And I'm looking. I'm staring at the guy. I have no idea. It was uh, John Cassidy. So, nice. Uh, yeah, so got to go up, and, and he's a dude. Talk, he's a tall dude. Yeah, so uh, got to just, you know, go up and, uh, again, just uh, introduce ourselves and tell him, you know, that uh, obviously we dig the work and stuff. And But uh, it was just a lot of fun, you know, a lot of uh, – a lot of uh, commiserating. Jeff Katz was there, and uh, um, I don't know what Jeff's title is these days, but obviously he uh, he because he, he just left his his uh, his, his gig at um, at Fox. But but he you know certainly a big uh, big comic uh, guy as well as a uh, involved with the the Hollywood side of things. And he was I guess he's buddies with the CNI guys, so he was sitting at the table yucking it up with a bunch of people. So just a lot of fun. The, the CNI guys really know how to throw a, a party and make everybody feel welcome so um thanks to them uh, yet again it was it was great the hospitality this weekend was just overwhelming so yep and then i rolled out on sunday i had to be home and, and uh, hang out with my my wife who hadn't slept in 48 hours with our newborn so i had to uh, mm-hmm. bail out early sunday morning so i'll let vince wrap up the sunday part of the festivities oh the the dealer section was awesome on yeah. sunday <laughs> that, that that's the only thing i saw basically oh, really? Getting around Sunday was just as difficult as Saturday, uh, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wet Rats asked me to get him a Walt Simonson um, sketchbook, so I didn't see Walt Saturday because Friday I wasn't there to see mm-hmm. him. But Saturday I didn't get a chance to see him, and Sunday I went over and he wasn't there, so I went back to the dealer's boxes, and, and I, I didn't cross paths with Simonson, so... Uh, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to get Stewart's sketchbook, so I I suck. But um, yeah, Saturday, uh, Sunday was pretty cool. We just we did the same thing we did Saturday, just looking for bargains and hanging with uh, Sean and Jim. We talked to them for a while, cool. and we Jason, you forgot about Blaze Fire Thirty Three, who actually oh, yeah. Bow, yeah. who bowed to us he in the did. middle was, of the lo- yeah. in the aisle. Oh, it was, yeah, it was kind. I was like, whoa, this is not right. <laughs> yes, indeed, right. And, and um, uh, just hanging. Probably the other cool geek out moment for me was um, get uh, going over to Podcast Alley to uh, actually walking past it to get a go get a drink. There was a uh, there was a vendor that was selling slushies, but they were selling them uh, with with Bacardi rum in them. If you were so inclined, so it was a little nice little uh, oasis of alcohol. Nice. In the con. And as we're walking yep. past, I look and talking oh. to the CNI guys. There's a guy that then I'm like, who's that? And I look down. It's, it's Jonathan Hickman, who, as you guys know, I, I love Hickman. So, um, so we just kind of sat there, and then they wrapped up and stood up, and we were just you know talking to him for a bit. And the coolest part of it was that he's the one that broke the news to me that he was taking over Fantastic Four with Eaglesham, and it was very, very cool. Because needless to say, if I got to trade off Mark Miller for Jonathan Hickman, that's a trade off I'll make every day of the week. So, um, yeah, without so a not, second not thought. Only did yeah. I get yeah, not only did I get to meet the dude, but he he actually broke news to me before it hit the internet. So it was pretty cool. Something that happened Sunday, Marty and I were, were hopping from booth to booth, and it was getting pretty tight, and this fairly large man, not 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 too large, just blows by Marty and like shoves him out of the way, and he, he makes a beeline down, down the aisle, and Marty turns around and looks at me like, what the hell? And I said, dude, you just got slammed by Peter David. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, Peter David shoved Marty out of the way. Oh, <laughs> well, I love it. Yeah. Another great, you, another great thing with the con. Gene Colon was there, looking, yeah, looking yeah, good, looking good too. I saw. Yeah, really nice to see. Um, Not only Gene, but Joe Kubert looks amazing. Joe Kubert, oh, yep, looks good. Um, a lot, a lot of the uh, the the elder statesmen of the of the of the game were there this year. It was yeah. great. 
It was great. We were sitting in the in the cafeteria on Saturday, uh, buying some really overpriced food, and um, <laughs> the, uh, the man sitting in the uh, at the table behind us, Marty turns to me and says, "Do I know that guy? He looks really familiar." I turn around. Joe Sinnott is eating lunch behind us. Awesome. Yeah. So, in an uh, instant Vince boner. Oh yeah, yeah. honest yeah. to God, I, I was like, I want to go over and just like, kiss him. Yeah, really. But, uh, you touched yeah. Kirby. He had some guys around him, and they, and they were all, you know, genuflecting as they should, because mm-hmm. the man is a legend. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I, hi Joe, how are you? I love your stuff. Thank you very much. Blah blah blah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was in the presence of Joe Sinnott. The glow. I had to put <laughs> sunglasses on. It was amazing. Did uh, Jim Starlin look like he was ready to shiv anybody? I didn't see him. No, he was he he was smiling, uh, probably signing all those uh, those uh, Ranthanagar war issues he was been selling. But no, he he seemed uh, he actually had a smile on his face, which is awesome. Surprising. Yeah. So um, that was, uh, I think the Artist Alley guys were really all happy because uh, I mean everyone that I talked to, I mean they were having a great you know despite the economy, this was a little pocket of of uh, of, of insulation. The, the con sold out. Weekend passes sold out. I think Saturday and Sunday were both sell out. And uh, Artist Alley was. Was it was jam packed from from start to finish? So yeah. I think many, a lot of guys sold a lot of stuff. About how many um, how many tables do you think were in Artist Alley? Just out of uh, curiosity. Jeez, mm. I don't know. Well, um, um, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say. I mean, I'd say two, three hundred, maybe. But that's a guesstimate. But it sounds about right to me. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I was looking on the on the map, and it looked like it was uh, a little over two hundred or so. Yeah, so. yeah. I'd say that's about right. Heard that yeah. uh, Le- Liefeld's line was never really that short. No, no. In fact, actually, he was at the image booth that I, I was saying, and that's really probably the one guy I didn't go up and talk to. Um, not in no small part because he had yeah he had a line from start to finish, which is kind of funny. Get right? any Jesus on you? That's what I it know, is. Seriously, but <laughs> it, it was a little surreal to to see Frank Cho sitting right next to Liefeld and, and laugh. And Liefeld had a huge line, and, and no one was talking to Frank. It was a little little bewildering to me, but yeah. You know. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys hang out with Pat at all? You, you know, uh, Pat? yeah, we talked to him. I mean, I talked to him for a bit each day. Um, probably the most we spoke to him was right about at the time when Vince got there on Friday. But uh, you know, Pat is a uh, a, a, man, a friend to many a people in the industry. So. <laughs> yeah, he he's a man. That's an understatement. Man. Yeah, I mean, he knew everything. He knew all the news before CBR and Newsarama knew it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, He's probably he, known some of the news for a couple of weeks now, too. Yeah, yeah. And although he couldn't confirm or deny what he was doing in the evenings, I mean, I suspect he was probably hanging out with some of the, you know, some of the bigger name muckety mucks that he he's friendly with and just you know being modest didn't want to let us know what he was doing but we did unfortunately feel bad. The less hairy bigger name muckety mucks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Pat's no nonsense. He he was picking up omnibus, yes, uh, bo- books and when he when he opened up that suitcase because <laughs> I, I I picked him up at the uh, at the train station. Pat stayed at my house Sunday night. I took him to the airport Monday afternoon, and he had to um, he he calls me Sunday morning. He says, right, "You got to do me a favor. You got to find out from JetBlue what their second bag fee is if the bag is overweight <laughs> how much does that cost so he um we get we get to the house after we all have dinner we uh he, he opens up his suitcases and he starts like just going in to to, to the suitcase and just digging out he, he picked up the incredible hulk omnibus the tomb of dracula omnibus and the and iron man 
omnibus. So those are three right there. Uh, well, that, that's fifty pounds right there. Yeah, exactly. just yeah, because each one I think is uh, is is I think at least twelve. Yeah, um, Marvel Premier hardcovers. Uh, he picked up uh, the Suicide Squad um, trade that came out last year. I mean, he just he he just had a ton of of books and. Uh, he rearranged everything. I think he ended up getting um, getting the second bag on at no charge, and uh, and it all worked out for him. But I just I couldn't believe the haul. And it's just like he says, "I told you, tell me what you wanted. You didn't tell me nothing." And I'm like, "I didn't." I, I man, if I had one more person to say, "Hey, is there something I can look for?" Yeah, you can look for having some fun. How about that? Don't worry about <laughs> anybody else, and you're there to have fun and and do that, and I'll be happy. So, yeah. but uh, owns, I'll tell you, I think he said he owns fourteen hundred. Uh, hardcover yep. comic mm-hmm. collector, which is I'm so envious. It's awesome. I mean, but you know, uh, I, got, I have to find out how he does it, how he budgets his time between the dealers area and obviously talking to everybody and his brother because Pat knows yeah, everyone. He, does. he, he must, really does, yeah. and you don't even have to say the last name. You just say Pat. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You know, the awesome yeah. sauce. Yeah, he is the awesome sauce. Very tasty. But <laughs> as far as the dealers area, everything seemed to be Marvel. There were yeah. scads. Well, they you have, could they build, have a ton of trades out. I mean, it, you, it makes you could, sense. You could, no, but you could probably build another Javits Center with all the Marvel oh, hardcovers that were on sale. Yeah. And they were cheap. Annihilation. Off trade 10, is the new dollar bin. I mean, yeah. That's really... Yeah. I'd say there were more 50% off trade stands than there were dollar comic bins these days. Yeah. And, that's didn't no we find that in, uh, in Chicago last year? I mean, there was... Yeah, uh, yeah that's what I heard. There, there was, yeah, there was... Uh, uh, one booth in particular that was all like ten dollar deluxe hardcovers oh. and five dollar trades and yeah you got annihilation for ten yeah dollars. I got all three annihilations for ten dollars a piece and I picked up uh, uh, a bunch of the uh, just the premier hardcovers oh. for like five bucks it was awesome. it was it was silly they were selling up about three thousand the hardcovers for ten bucks at a stand wow. and I already own it and I because it's a thirty-six dollar book, and they're selling it for ten bucks. Yep, which is awesome. So, but, what, what did you uh, did you find that new X Men omnibus? No, I didn't. You know, it's it, yeah. it, they. I didn't even see one, and I guess, I. But I once I got there on Friday, I was told by more than one person uh, that that if I did find it, it was going to be like two hundred bucks. So I, yeah. I, I already kind of had resigned myself that I wasn't going to get it anyway. But yeah, unfortunately not. What was your uh, uh, both of you guys? What was your best find of the show? Hmm. Uh, Good question. Yeah. Um, I well, think. I, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you go first. Well, Be younger. I didn't buy a lot this this time, so I I, I can't say. There's any, um, I got four of the five um, losers trades. Um, nice on okay. stuff. Yeah. And, and there was a buy get fifteen for ten bucks comic area, and I got like twenty. Like twenty five of the first thirty of the Christopher Priest Black Panther run. Now I already cool. own all the issues, so it's a little ridiculous, and I'm buying them again. But I was buying because I don't. All the issues are packed away, and I thought it'd be cool to just buy these up and get them bound because you know obviously they're not really collected. So my goal is to get all the Priest run bound in you know three or four hardcovers. So so I, I picked those up, and uh, that's about it. Like I said, the the stuff I'm most happy with were the were the art art pieces, which was uh, I got a Norton. A Norton Rocket Raccoon, Ste- Ryan Stegman and and Tim both drew me a blink because they both do, know how to draw the ladies. Uh, Julian did a Sunny Sumo for me. 
Um, Andrew Charpar did me a kick-ass Rocket Raccoon, which I think I posted on the forum already. Uh, and I think that's I think that's all the art I got. Um, well, and, and Marty did me a really cool little uh, bookmark. I, he, he made bookmarks for a lot of us. But uh, I think, think that that does it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, you can do a lot of, of discount shopping, but, you know, with the advent of the Internet and, you know, eBay and the different discount sites, it, it used to be going to a convention was your one real chance yeah, a year yeah. to really, really save money on stuff. And so, I mean, you go there and you find stuff, which is cool, but it's really more of an impulse buy thing as opposed mm-hmm. to I have a list of this, 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 and this that I'm going to find because you can get it online now. So it's interesting to see how conventions Conventions have changed where, for me anyway, and, and kind of talking on what Vince was going towards, is that conventions for me are more about seeing people and meeting people and, and hanging out as opposed to, um, you know, a, a, a consumer experience. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if it wasn't for the show, doing this show, I mean, my perspective probably would have been like every other con, which is much more like Vince was saying. I, I would have probably spent two to three times as much just time just pouring through the 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 bins and whatnot, just trying to find stuff to buy. Because there's always stuff you can buy. I mean, God knows if you, you know, there's never, you know, you're never going to run out of comics to buy. But, uh, but, but this time out, largely, you know, in no small part because of our uh, our show here and, and the community as a whole. It just, uh, it was so much more fun and gratifying to me just to just spend time, you know, shooting the shit with people, uh, new and old friends, you know. So it, uh, it it really it really cured my 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 bug of of spending ridiculous amounts of money. <laughs> That's why I think I cut uh, Vince off. How about you, buddy? What'd you get? Well, uh, the two X Factor hardcovers, the Hercules hardcover, the Hercules Against the World. Um, I, I think I got the whole run of Majestic trade paperbacks for twenty bucks, which is because I've never read anything Majestic, and it's Abnett and Lanning. I don't know why I've never bought the book before, but whatever. So uh, I got those, and in the the fifteen for ten dollar boxes i pulled a lot of the ed mcginnis superman run nice that was that that was the period at which i dropped all the superman books for about a year so i I still have about 10 or 15 i need um and and i got some action comics from the same period naturally the cable that i needed i finished off my excalibur run with yay Uh, but the the best thing i got didn't cost me a penny it is a poster that was offered by Dark Horse Comics, done by Mr. Eric Powell. Oh, it, it's it's a promo for the Creepy and Eerie books. Mm-hmm. Eric and Eric Powell has done a, a really nice rendition of Uncle Creepy, Cousin Eerie, and this make believe family around them. It, it's really neat. There's like a a grizzled old cat with a bow around its bow tie around its its neck. There's like a little pugsley looking dude, goth chicks, and it's like I'm I'm assuming. That these are all Powell's characters, and it, it's really I should scan it and put it up on the on the website because it, it's amazing. And Dark Horse was just giving them away. Dark Horse was giving a lot of stuff away. They gave a double sided uh, Star Wars poster. Let's see, I got them here. Uh, an empowered poster by Adam Warren. Joe Kubert did a Conan uh, illustration that they they have on a double sided poster. Uh, Star Wars Legacy. Uh, car stickers like clings that say "I heart Dark Horse," you know, just for free. This so has Dark Horse awesome is swag. I mean, those yeah, the big yellow Dark Horse bags. You're just just oh, yeah. stepping up their it, game. 
Yeah, I mean the dark, the dark horse bags. They usually I use some of uh, my favorite uh, Hellboy pins, and yeah, Dark Horse always really does a great job with the with the free swag. That's always a, a destination booth whenever you go because yeah. that 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 big ass uh, yellow Dark Horse bag. It's the best convention bag around because they're huge and they're reinforced plastic, and they're yeah they're great. I love those bags. Yeah, I did get to see Eric Powell in action though at the Dark Horse booth. He was. He had a, a, a signing, and naturally the line was way long. So I just walked up to the free posters, which was right next to where he was drawing. So I got to see him draw, and I didn't have to stand in line. Very cool. I got to see got to see the man in action. Yeah. And uh, speaking of pens, there was some company there promoting <laughs> the uh, the Ben Ten Alien Force game for the Wii, and they were offering free Ben Ten ink pens, which are really thick grippable and i brought one home for my son the squeal of joy yeah. that, that he unleashed when i go oh i got a ben 10 pen you know so that's his favorite thing and uh i picked up a vinyl uh japanese vinyl yoshi for mia who collects all things mario brothers very it, cool. it's a it, it's about uh 14 inches tall really big so she loved that i got a plush kirby for my son and i got a ashoka plush for nina so the kids were happy I was happy, even though I went about it the wrong way. I had a great time. Nice. Hey, and yeah. uh, before we wrap up, I just well, no, just because now I feel bad. I don't want nice. to. Uh, I don't want to forget uh, forget anybody. So I actually, mm-hmm. after we got back, I actually did make a list of people that I had met, so I, I wouldn't forget anyone. And there's a couple of people I would have felt really bad if we didn't shout out. So uh, no, Tom, right. Tom Caters is going to yell at you for this list. No, it's not that long. <laughs> We've mentioned most of them. I'm just going to mention the people we haven't mentioned yet. Um, uh, Brandon Christopher, who's another podcaster, a uh, buddy of yes. me. Um, Juan, Juan, who's Raf's partner on his podcast. Um, Scott Boss, Dan, who's super cool. Actually, he's a. We, we spent a lot of time last New York Comic Con. We actually sat together at the dinner last year. It was great to see him. He's a. Uh, he's a school teacher up in I think Maine and uh, and and, and uh, a regular on the CGS boards. Um, got to meet Library Boy for the first time. Very very nice guy. Uh, yep. Dyslexicon. Yep, phone, yep, Dyslexicon. Um, shout out to Joe and Jimmy again, but just uh, I think we already did that. Um, oh, Alec B. We met Alec B. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Dude. Yep. That's, I mean, I feel horrible if we didn't. Yeah, so it was great. He's Alec, cool. He's super cool. Um, you know, he's he's uh, exactly like he is on the forums. He you know, came up, introduced himself. Seemed like he had a great time. I think he was only there with his uncle on, on Saturday. Um, he didn't come to the dinner. Um, I think he came last year, but we didn't make it to the dinner this year. But did get to spend a little time with him. Actually, didn't spend as much time with him as I would have liked. Um, but I did see him running around. It seemed like he definitely made the most of his day. Um, Yoda Jones, did we mention that we met Yoda Jones? Yeah, we did. Uh, yep. Okay. So, yeah, he um, talk about a big dude. I mean, that dude's like whew, six eight. I mean, he's he's ginormous. He's like uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We saw Phony Bone. Uh, we saw. Uh, Spano um, got to meet the uh, the uh, fanboy guys Ron Connor and Josh and actually they were uh, making fun of you too Chris because as uh, Tiki and I went up to uh, say hello to them they What's had just heard, new? they had just heard from you too <laughs> lamenting why you weren't here at the con so we were all saying hey say that again Chris what's fucking new <laughs> making fun of me there you go oh, but, oh speaking of making fun of me uh, you'll be proud of me uh, I uh, uh, after my RZA um, comment <laughs> on uh, <laughs> Uh, AC a few weeks ago, uh, I went out and bought the uh, uh, the story of uh, the the Wu Tang Clan. Nice, uh, you're the man uh, for that. There you go. So, so I'm, what I'm is that? A, a book? 
I, no, I, no, it's a CD. I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, get uh, get educated on uh, on the, uh, the the hip hop sweetness, as the, as, as the kids call it these days. Nice, yes. nice. Um, let's see, CGS crew. So we mentioned Peter. Uh, we saw Brian Deemer, Murd. Always good to see Shane, Shane Kelly, uh, Pants, uh, JBD. Yeah. Uh, I think that's yeah. I think that's all the guys. Um, Logan McLeod from the from the forums and whatnot. Oh yeah, uh, nice guy. Um, Local dude. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Blue Meanie's wife Izzy got to meet Izzy. She uh, yep. she was there. It was actually funny. She 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 won a uh, some kind of contest, and she won a flight to New York, and it was only for one person. So she came to the con instead of Blue Meanie, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, we met. <laughs> yeah, yeah much that better Welsh looking. bastard at home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, we met uh, Mr. Whipple, who's I think Malpractice's good buddy. Um, we uh, squeezing the damn Charmin. I don't know yep, what was wrong with Lord. him. Yep. <laughs> we saw uh, Lenny, um, you know, Mr. Cerebus uh, guy, uh, C-Towner. Yeah. Um, on the artist side, was... I think Jamal Eigel was uh, up in the house. Sean Murphy, who uh, super cool Vince uh, found. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. He, um, I met him last year, and he had just signed his DC exclusive. And uh, and then Tiki found me a copy of his OGN on the road, so picked off that road. up. Off-road. Off-road, sorry, off-road, and had him. Uh, uh, I <laughs> on the yet, road. So. <laughs> <laughs> off-road. Uh, so uh, it was super cool to have him and uh, had him sign that. Um, He's going to read the On the Road with his Wu-Tangs. <laughs> <You're crazy. laughs> uh, Buzz was up in the house, and i got to say thanks to Buzz for something that I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys off the air what he did, but it was very kind of him. Uh, the South works. <laughs> uh, Hickman, Fraction, Norton, Stegman, Seeley, Lytle, Uncle Sal. Oh, that's a long list. Temple Smith, Cassidy, Kelly, Nomura, Casey. Jesus, Clay- God in heaven. Claymore. Yep. Um, the Savior. Uh, yeah. Uh, Je- Jesus through Lightfield. Yeah. I'm saved, Lightfield. <laughs> Danielle Corsetto. Uh, all right, I think that's it. So if I, yeah. if I forgot you, I'm honestly sorry, but I tried to remember. Jenny, Jenny I think Frizen. He had the program open. Yeah. Oh, Jenny Frizen. Yeah, Jenny Frizen. I mentioned her earlier. Oh, you can't forget her. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't forget Ooh. her. <laughs> no, you can't. Beauteous. And Jenny's yeah. a sweet gal. Indeed. Yeah, she is. And talented. Let's not forget that. And the that. guest at the uh, Windy City Comic Con this year. <laughs> Which will be. It all comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to the website, windycitycomiccon.com. Oh, nice. Thank thank you the awesome much. website. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, Sal. Birthday boy. He's all about that. Sweet. You know, before we forget, we should actually give them the address they can go to to download the uh, Wachter Fochter uh, <laughs> podcast. Wachter <laughs> Fochter. <laughs> It's wachterfochter.libson.com. So W-A-C-H-T-E-R-F-A-C-T-O-R.libson.com. Dave Wachter, he's awesome. Wachter, Guns of Shadow Valley. Wachter. I know. I know. I'm just busting his stones. Wachter. It's the Wachter. Wachter Factor. He's yelling at his iPod right now. <laughs> he knows I love him. bastard. <sighs> the Guns of Shadow Valley is going to blow the F up. I hope. I hope it's going to be big and huge and get Dave a penthouse where he can draw for the rest of his life and not have to worry about anything. Nice. That's what I want. That's my wish. No. And, and I want to burn one down with him. <laughs> you just want to burn one down, period. Uh, yeah, really. tell you, I, want, I just want to burn a couple down. <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. But uh, So that was our con experience, and I will retool mine for Chicago. Nice. Me too. And with, with, with your help. 
I, I'm going to need help because I'm blinded by comics. I see all that shit in boxes. I just got to go and try and find gold, and, and I'm, I'm missing I'm, out on, on the best getting, part of life. I've got the con bug so bad now, and I want either you know Wizard or Windy City to get here, whatever one you guys are going to come out to. I'm, I'm ready to hang out and, and just... Uh, yeah, do a whole weekend of comic-y yeah. goodness with my buddies, man. I'm 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 itching for it. Barring some loss of job, I'm gonna Windy City's happening for sure. So nice, nice. I don't. They're gonna they're gonna up. round up you uh, stock people like humans on the Planet of the Apes in a little <laughs> while. I'm telling you. <laughs> I know. That's why I said barring something unforeseen. <laughs> but uh, speaking of unforeseen, I saw a nipple. Huh? At the at the con, I saw a nipple. There, you, it was like six guys in your room. I hope you'd yeah, see some. No, it wasn't. It was a male nipple. It was a female nipple. This chick, I don't know what she was dressed as. I I don't know what oh, it was. Oh, you mean it's the some, chick? No, it was uh, some kind of anime thing. Was she oh. at the yield booth? If you no, she was walking around and she yeah, had we, a bag. And I guess she's she stopped to adjust her footwear or something. And she bent down. And I was like, damn, saw it all. You're like eight years old. Oh my god, it's <laughs> awesome. its first breast this weekend. It um, was nice. It was like chocolate. It was beautiful. <laughs> no, you didn't. I didn't know that was part of the admission. I would have bought two tickets. I don't think. I don't think we can top that. Hey, 11 o'clockers. Steve Raker from the Forum here, back from the New York City Comic Con. One day earlier than uh, Vince Wood and company, though. Uh, thanks, David, for uh, being the oracle uh, behind the scenes and uh, helping to make uh, the connections. I had a pretty good day running down there with my Blitzkrieg trip. Left at 5 a.m. in the morning and drove down to the city from upstate New York and got down there about 8.30, 9 o'clock and uh, got right in when the doors opened and headed right over to Artist Alley where I spent most of the morning and the first half of the day, basically, um, bopping around and uh, checking everybody out, setting up, saying hello, enjoying uh, literally no lines at most of the booths and getting a lot of good signatures and seeing a lot of cool folks and a lot of the people I was hoping to see when I came down, like Jim Starlin and uh, Joe Statton, Jim Shooter, Len Wein, uh, Walt and Louise Simonson, who were really, really nice, and J. Scott Campbell. LaFuente, Kupperberg, Howell, Billy Tan. There was a bunch of guys. Bendis, Bob McLeod, Bill Sienkiewicz, Bob Larkin. Fun morning, just walking around. Anyway, I wanted also seeing if I could catch up with the 11 o'clock guys, who I finally did after catching a uh, Marvel panel. And um, uh, one book I picked up was the uh, uh, fetish uh, Joe Schuster uh, art book that just came out, or that's about to come out. They had some advanced copies on sale at the uh, Abrams booth there, and uh, they had 20 uh, copies that had uh, face plates uh, in it that were signed by the author, but also by the uh, introduction writer, Stan the Man Lee, and they were, uh, the books were only cover price, so uh, I picked up one of those, which was uh, pretty interesting uh, as its own little uh, historical uh, trip to the gutter of comic world, and uh, then eventually uh, met up with the 11 o'clock guys uh, and uh, their crew. Uh, which was a lot of fun walking around, checking out some of the uh, dollar bins and watching wood in action going through like a like a uh, like a typewriter with uh, precision fingers or like a pianist, uh, a virtuoso pianist whipping right through. And and I've never seen anybody be able to do this before, but Wood could actually talk and look you look in the eyes, turn his head and start talking to you, and his fingers are still whipping through the bin. Pretty cool. Uh, 
Day afterwards, uh, going out to uh, the uh, podcasters' dinner was fun, hanging out, seeing uh, New Mutant and a couple other people that I hadn't caught uh, walking around, and of course got to see Pat Loika, which was great, and uh, sorry again that I couldn't hook you up with a ride, uh, because after the uh, podcast dinner uh, at about 11 o'clock or so, when the rest of the Hardy gang were off to uh, uh, more uh, levity, uh, I decided to hit the road and drive back upstate for another two and a half hours and uh, hitting uh, the hay at about uh, 2 o'clock in the morning or so uh, back home uh, where I proceeded to pick up the uh, cold that uh, my wife and kiddo have. Woohoo! All right, guys, thanks a lot for a good con and looking forward to 2010. Next time we'll get two hotel rooms and have a lot of breathing room and uh, party till the sun comes up. Take it easy, guys. Bye. <laughs> So, so you know I, what? We've been talking a lot. Mm-hmm. Why don't yeah. you, Dave, meaning David and, and, and Chris, tell us what you read in our absence. You must have read something. Oh, I've read a ton of stuff, but go ahead, David. Uh, the thing that I read that I really, really got a huge kick out of, and I thought of, uh, I thought of Chris at one particular spot in it, was uh, Bad Dog Number 1. Oh, neat. Nice. Yeah. This, yeah, this 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 kicked all kinds of ass. I love the idea of it. Um, the art is amazing. Joe Kelly's the writer. Diego Greco is the uh, is the artist. It it's stunning, and uh, the letterer is Thomas Maurer. This is uh, this is something I'm I'm definitely in for for uh, to, to see where this is going. I cool. basically bad dog. Lou is a uh, is a werewolf who despises humans. So he refuses to revert back to his human form. Um, just a big old werewolf in sunglasses and, and a little cowboy hat. And uh, he and his uh, his partner, Wendell, are uh, bounty hunters. And uh, the Kelly just writes some fantastic characters. The, uh, the interaction between all the players in this either has me laughing or, or just looking at it going, well, that, that's really fucked up. And there seems to be something going on with Lou as far as um, missing children, which um, I won't go into here. And there seems to be a waitress at the uh, at the bar they frequent who, um, to me, looks like she has a little bit of a crush on Lou. And, uh, and she's blind. And I do believe Lou has never told her about his condition. So we'll see, uh, we'll see where that goes as well. But definitely, if, if you... Uh, if you were thinking about it, or if you weren't, check out uh, Bad Dog Number One. Wow, that was brief. It was because I don't want to. I don't want to give anything away. It's. I kept turning the page, going, "Okay, well, what's happening next?" And it. I don't. I don't want to spoil anything. I really don't. I want. Oh. I want people to sit down and read it and and take in the panels because, like I said, the art is astounding. I just. I. I stared at the pages for oh, Vince, a what do you long think time. <laughs> See, Wood showed me his copy, and I wasn't digging on it. I don't, I don't know. Really? He signed yeah. the Kelly copy, and he crapped on the art, and I was so sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. I did not crap on it. Chat right it, on it, the thing. It, just, it looks to me like, like the black plate's missing. It, it's, oh, I see they're, they're, Okay. Yeah, it's just too, there's not, it's not dark enough for me. But I dug it that's down. just me. I, and again, I, I, I did not, I, 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 I did see. not take a detailed look at it. I was just looking through. I was more concerned with the autograph. Uh, on you know oh that's cool but and I didn't really scan each page as, as so you're just not a fan of the of the uh, the coloring yeah it just it looks like it's a little too it looks weightless to me kind of like how but I like, feel about colored pencils 
Right, but okay, no, again, I, can, I, 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 I didn't. I did that. not. I yeah, but I'm not saying it's bad because, like no, I, I said, I did not devote enough time to it. Right. When when I get my copy, I'll I'll judge. Okay, so I mean, once we all yeah. read it, we can get into it then. Because I mean, if it, it just came out, so I don't want anybody who's going to listen to this go like, well, He's, okay. Look at Wood putting my head on the chopping block. Hey, right. what he's there for, man. <laughs> all right, don't mess with um, Mitch Kelly books. This is Daryl. <laughs> don't be messing with my Joe Kelly books. Fuck <laughs> it. Okay. I'm uh, I'm going to uh, ruin uh, a, a stereotype that I may have created about myself on the show here um, over the last manga. No, fuck no. Um, <laughs> I've I've been I've been harshing on Marvel a little bit. No, really? Since the, no. Since the show what? started a little bit. No. A little bit. Oh. I had I had a uh, a Marvel love fest in the last in the last couple weeks. Um, Remender and Opeña's Punisher. Oh, it's gorgeous. I'm absolutely the coloring better better on the second issue than the first one. Oh, okay, and I'm, the second. Re- yeah, I'm seen the second really yet. enjoying the Punisher that that Remender is setting up here, and Opeña is his art is just so good. He's he's such a dynamic artist. Um, so that was that was really good. The uh, first issue of Agents of Atlas. Was fantastic. The backup stories are going to be the hidden little gems in that series. Keep an eye on the. Don't ignore the backup stories because they're going to be a lot of fun because they are old adventures of the agents of Atlas before mm-hmm. these updated stories. And uh, the first one had, uh, I think it was what in the. Um, it, did it take place in the fifties? I want to say the fifties. And it's right. with uh, with uh, uh, a younger Logan, yep. and 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 some of his um, spy era stuff. So, Agents of Atlas, Agents of Atlas was uh, uh, an instant runaway hit for me. And now let me ask you one question before you proceed: Are these stories contemporary, done in an uh, an older style, or are these actually older stories? Uh, they are they are new stories done okay. with yeah. a little bit uh, older feel to them. Uh, cool. We talked. We talked written about, by Parker. Uh, yep. Yep. Ah. Um, we talked about Heathen Town um, last week or a couple weeks ago, and Gabe Hardman, who's the artist on Heathen Town, is going to be doing some of the backups in Agents of Atlas. So um, can't wait to see that. Um, Iron Fist continues to kick ass mm. under. Under Swarzynski, and then I went back and read something that I should have read, I think, gosh, probably a couple years ago now, that uh, I was uh, very remiss in uh, in not reading, and that is Warren Ellis's uh, Iron Man reboot, The Extremis storyline. And all, oh, I have, all I have to say is that Ellis should have been giving given a uh, a co scripting credit on the Iron Man movie because <laughs> there were literally actual bits of dialogue and it, almost like panel for panel scenes taken out of his extremist storyline that were in the Iron Man movie and I I loved it I thought it was a um, I'm actually enjoying Iron Man as a character now and it's kind of revisionist because I should have been reading it since Ellis was writing it because if you haven't read that that first trade that he did it is a really cool story and look uh, look, look, look at Chris sucking up to Derek Howard and Dave Mathis there you go it's, I'm <laughs> telling you man 
the extremist story was was great and what fraction is doing iron man has for for me anyway has quietly become one of marvel's strongest books wow it's good it's real good boy chris is making a lot of sense tonight yeah i know you gotta drink winter drinks more often welcome well welcome home chris (laughs) <laughs> he found the door. He found the door. Hey, you know, you know well, once you, once you kind of let the dust settle around the overhyped books at Marvel, there's, mm-hmm. once again, there's a lot of quality there. And you look at guys like, you know, Parker and Swarzynski and Fred Van Lenny and Fraction and still the stuff that Brubaker's doing at Captain America, they're... Um, they're doing some really good stuff, and and Iron Man. I've never really been interested. This is this is this is my comic life right now. Is that at Marvel? I'm reading Iron Man, which is a character I've never really been interested in, and I'm loving it. And at DC, anything that is Kryptonian, I'm just you know wapping up with a spoon right now and i've never been a superman or superman family fan i picked up uh rebels today and me too god it was it was any anything anything with an s on the chest right now i'm i'm just absolutely loving so yeah my uh it, it just shows you that uh that you can expand your 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 comics universe and and you don't have to step outside of of western comics to do it there's there's good stuff out there you know you read comics for 20 years and not like a character and if there's attention put to it uh, you can you can really find some new some new joys so good stuff. yeah a little bit more on rebels though because not too I think much that, no well yeah, not too much no I think this book is going to be the sleeper hit, like Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Cool. Uh, 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 suggestion to people, and this is just my um, uh, why I garnered a little bit of extra um, um, geek love out of it. Read the um, uh, the Adam Strange uh, <laughs> Planet Heist, which right. was uh, was it, who was that Andy Diggle? Andy Diggle and Pascal some yeah. of my favorite Pascal Ferry art that he's ever done, and a really, really, uh, if you like uh, uh, cosmic space stories, it's absolutely fantastic. Everyone should read Planet Heist, um, right. but but read that trade before you read Rebels. Pick pick up Rebels, but but do yourself a favor, read Planet Heist because it'll it'll have a little bit extra geeky goodness in there for you. Do you agree, Vince? Right. Yes, but. I think the the Rebels is also going to be of interest to anyone uh, who is a fan of the Legion, the Threeboot Legion, because this book ties in very closely with what happened in that book with certain characters and their, uh, unbeknownst to us, this is kind of almost uh, the ending of sorts for one of the characters that we should have seen in 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 the three boot legion because there are plot threads dangling from that that we didn't even know existed. Hey, school that of are, what do you mean by three boot? Three boot is the Mark Wade, the the legion that started with Mark Wade, the recent incarnation of the legion. They call that the three boot because it's the one that just the, ended the shooter or, or right. It's the third incarnation of Le- the legion, legion superheroes in, in, insider nomenclature. It's right. it's, it's, it's like it's kind of like playing magic would. 
<laughs> yeah, I want to be able, actually. I do. Unlike Magic, I actually have interest in continuing on my my quest to learn more <laughs> about Legion. But <laughs> okay, well, the, the, there was a certain character that popped up there in the one year later stories that uh, is uh, certain things are resolved in this issue, the first issue of Rebels. It's okay. really neat, and they also, if you're if you've read the the three boot Legion. The way they do the character introductions, like they'll say uh, the little blurbs on the page, Brainiac 2, Vril yeah. Docs, Homeworld, mm-hmm. they, they continue that in Rebels. Cool. So it's almost a seamless transition from, from Legion of Superheroes to Rebels. But you don't really need to know everything that went on in Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. What the, the, the culmination of the one character's journey will be explained to you. Okay. Yeah, it's, how does, pretty, it's pretty easy to jump into. How does yeah. L-E-G-I-O-N fit in all that? Oh, that was Vril Dox's, the equivalent of the uh, space cops. They were mercenaries for hire that would protect anyone who would pay them. And in the end of that series, he had this robotic, uh, this uh, group of robots that he would use because he didn't trust Mm-hmm. Uh, flesh and blood humans, and in the end, the 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 robots kind of usurped him and took over mm-hmm. to to a certain extent. I mean, there's more to it, but I'm not. I can't explain all of Legion. It's reading most though? of all because, uh, yeah, Lobo's in it. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, I mean, it, it's it's a great little series, but to to encompass all that in in two two minutes unprepared is like impossible. But anyway, and and some of that what happened in the Legion book plays into this Rebels title too. Uh, that's why I asked, because I had heard an um, interview with uh, Tony Bedard, and he talked about how much he loved Legion, not not Legion of the L-E-G-I-O-N, and how it had always been one of his dream projects to work on that, yep. and that, that's what spun into Rebels. So Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm sure down the line we're going to see Lobo in, in Rebels. It's only a matter of time. But um, Tony we- Bedard really... The switch for him really flipped on with Negation. Have you ever read Crossgen's Negation book? Um, no, because I haven't. Uh, I, I'm just now reading, well, I shouldn't say, in the last year or two, just started reading Crossgen for the first time, so I haven't gotten to the point where Negation would pick up yet. So, But yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely something I want to read, yeah. I think it's the best Crossgen book, which is saying a lot, mm-hmm. because they had a lot of really good titles. But oh, yeah. Bedard, Bedard is, is great with ensemble cast, really large groups of people. He's, he excels at it. And, and Rebels is, from what I can see in this first issue, it, it was perfect. The, the art by uh, Andy Clark, you have a little bit of Gary Frank, a little bit of Mobius, a little bit of Pete Woods. It's like, but he has this spin on it that he makes it entirely his own. It's really nice, really detailed art and i don't think i can say too much without revealing what what happens in here there there's another dc cosmic spacefaring group that appears in it and i that's the thing that made me geek out the most because i'm a huge fan of of this group and dark stars they no Damn. well I, i'll bet you the dark stars show up in here too it just seems like it's going to be the breeding ground for all the dc spacefaring groups much like i said guardians of the galaxy, of the galaxy. Yes. yeah it, go out and buy rebels number one it is awesome definitely the best thing i've read um in a while wow it was it was cool it was it was good yeah. uh um yeah if you like legion and yeah there's the uh, you know supergirl in it and if you don't <laughs> what am i spoiling no not really but 
No, no. it does have. It has a lot of ties to the super. I mean, when you you can't have a brainiac in a book without having the ties to the Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, somehow or Supergirl's right. in it. She's on like page three, so it's no big deal. Um, yeah, I won't give anything else away. But yeah, yeah, it's good. A little good, little geek moments in it. Yeah, it was funny. It was a, a fun read and uh, um, something that uh, is not. It's a number one issue that's only two ninety nine. So there you go. There you go. Yep. Nice. I loved it. I love it. Hey, this is Daryl. I had a couple of drinks. You're going to make sense to find a crisis seven. I'm going to get drunk and I'll call back and explain it. I'll be back. Fuck it. I want, I want, I want more uh, Swamp Thing hardcover came out today. Yes, I got to wait till the end of the month. Uh, I've, I've heard not too many good things about the packaging for that book oh really looks great wow what's up no no they're lying to you okay all right i haven't it's, seen it i haven't touched it i haven't no uh, i want to know what you heard though what did you that hear? the dust jacket has a, a tacky feel to it like like yeah i know it's ha- awesome it feels okay it, it feels like it's been in a swamp it's and uh, it's like moss and, like but moss, if, if you take off the dust jacket the 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 cover of the book looks gorgeous i don't know oh, if wow. it's the same cover. um yeah, and oh, wow. and the pages, the trades that were out for this apparently, I was told, had better paper than the paper in this book. Wow. Um, you know, if you if you have the uh, the Kirby Fourth World omnibuses, it's uh, which Vince loved the paper for that. Yeah, it's it's real yeah. similar to that. It's um, um, but yeah, the the dust jacket has has kind of a tack to it. Okay. It's, cool. um, yeah, and it's a. Yeah, it smells good. <laughs> <laughs> they, did they package a little uh, green tree air freshener in some mouth? Sh- I'm huffing. <laughs> That'd be nice. Huffing. Oh, yeah. You know what they should do? When they get to the tuber issue, they should actually put a page uh, with little acid tabs on it that you can experience oh, the tuber Christ. issue the way it should be. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's uh no, it's uh it's gorgeous. I uh cool. I love it. And and you're right, you take the dust jacket off and it's it's uh gorgeous. So uh yeah, oh, I'm excited to see. The only thing I don't like about it and this is uh and I know exactly why they did it, but uh you know, I'm buying Swamp Thing because of Swamp Thing and I didn't need on the dust jacket to be printed from the award winning writer of Watchmen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> just in case you didn't know. Just in case you didn't know that uh, this is written by the same guy. That, it just uh, seemed to be a major motion picture yeah, about it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, this is written, yeah. By, written by the same guy that will not allow his name to be attached to um, the movie. But, uh, yeah, that was, that's my only little nit on there. But, uh, no, it was awesome. Uh, another uh, collector edition that uh, uh, you can't help but uh, uh, hopefully pick up is the four ninety nine Darkness trade came out today. Yay! Can't wait. Come, mm-hmm. Comes on Friday. Yep, absolutely. There, that's um, yeah, it's a that's a hell of a deal. I tell you what, because um, I'm starting to see a little bit of a hike in in cult, in trade paperback prices. I picked up the uh, James Robinson written Vigilante trade today, just because I, I love the old Vigilante character, and I don't know how many issues that series was. But that's a 19.99 trade, and I was like, ugh. That's uh, we're starting to see starting to see a, a creep. In uh, in trade prices, so yeah, it as you would expect, yeah. But and I'll tell you, uh, I, I did I, a little bit of a. Go ahead. I, I've got a bitch, but go ahead. Well, I was going to bitch a little too. Go. I did a side by side comparison 
of the paper in the DC Comics hardcovers and the Marvel hardcovers, mm-hmm. the Marvel paper is far better, far better. They, they, they don't – DC runs with the paper. They do the monthlies in, that real thin yep. – um, and Marvel goes up a couple pounds. I would say it's like a 25, 30 pound paper in the Marvel comics. I don't, I, I wouldn't even hazard to guess what it is it's, in the it's, DC. It's Maybe got, like it's a 10 gotta, pound? It's got to be at least, no, it's got to be at least a, a 60 pound text. I don't but, know. But, I, but I, I think the on, DC on, paper's on, crap. No, it's got to be at least like a 60 pound text, which on a, on a web press is going to be a little bit thinner than a sheet fed. I'm getting geeky now. Um, right, but, but, but it's, it, it's re- I mean, when the paper curls, when, when you yeah. have a hardcover open yeah, and your paper it, starts it's, curling, it's, that's it's pro- crap. It's, pro- it's probably Can't a 50 read it in the pound. summer. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't have problem with like a 50 pound text as long as it's on a nice number one or number two sheet. It's whenever, <laughs> whenever they start going to, well, no, that's the whiteness. Um, uh, quality right. of the paper, and so whenever the paper gets yellow, and and kind of which really affects the color on it, so whenever they go to like a number three or a number four um, sheet on like a fifty pound text, yeah, it's starting to look kind of shitty there because I got no problem with with a, a lighter weight paper if it's still a nice grade of sheet. So, but. Um, but it- Okay, the, my argument is if you're going to charge twenty four ninety nine for a six issue hardcover, and s- use the same paper you use in the monthlies, I'm not going to buy it. Or if I can get it at a, at a super discount, I'll buy it. But why not just buy the damn issues? You'd actually be making out better. Yeah, I'm looking at this darkness trade, and I'm thinking that's probably about a sixty pound sheet on the inside, and it's nice. It's you know it's bright whites. I'd say it's probably a number yeah. two sheet. So I mean, that's can't what, beat the price though. Yeah, I mean that's well, yeah, that's 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 a nice that's a nice sheet for for a comic and um, yeah, it's yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't blink at paying you know twelve ninety nine fourteen ninety nine you know for a trade this size on this on this quality of paper. Now the problem that a lot of people get into is whenever you look at a at a coated sheet versus an uncoated sheet, could a lot of people consider an uncoated sheet like the Kirby omnibuses or what they're doing with the the swamp thing as that being a lower grade of paper because it's it's not glossy that's actually not true that's a it's a, it's a right. ni- it's a nicer sheet of paper it's just gonna it's gonna feel different it's gonna show color different it's not that it's cheaper paper it's just that it's 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 a higher grade of paper which will kind of emulate the feel of newsprint but you can actually print on it much nicer than what you can on on you know crappy newsprint paper yeah toothy so. paper scares people <laughs> i will i love it though i i've warmed up to the fourth world omnibus paper a little bit mm-hmm. out of necessity but i, I, I absolutely say, hated it when have. i first saw it yeah <laughs> <laughs> when i first got that the volume one omnibus i was like it it it's weightless. It, it there's really, it's a really light book in comparison to the thickness of it, and uh, I was kind of put off. But yeah, I'm warming up to it. it. It does look like an actual issue of the fourth world stuff. Like if you pull it off the newsstand, it kind of does. It's 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 an opaque sheet. It's not like there's a lot of see through on it, and you know it's the the color holds on it really well. So I I I like a a good toothy uncoated stock. Yeah, and it holds up really well to licking. Yes, you know, <laughs> does it now? What all that all that beautiful Kirby artwork? Yeah. yeah now, my, now my bitch after the Marvel love 
is, and, and this needs to be validated, but Sal um, noticed in the solicitations for the first Guardians of the Galaxy trade. Have you guys, have you guys, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, the uh, Captain Britain MI-13 trade. Okay. Yeah, it's expensive. Um, yeah, how much is it? I think it's fifteen ninety nine, sixteen or fifteen ninety nine. I mean, either way, but yeah, it's it's because it's it's the secret invasion issue. So there's only like three issues, but I think there's a. So we'll the, say yeah, we'll say it's sixteen sixteen bucks, right? Okay. It's it, it's the fifteen ninety nine. Um, I th- I think I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look, but yeah, fifteen ninety nine. It's the first four issues. Okay. Of, of Captain Britain MI thirteen and two backups. But the, no, well, the two backups are. The his first appearance in the uh, they are reprints. They're the first appearance of 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 the U.S. appearance of Brian Braddock and and Captain Britain from Marvel Team Up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the trade is is more than ninety six pages. It is sixteen ninety nine. So it's seventeen dollars for the first four issues of Captain Britain and MI thirteen and reprints of of yeah his uh, the the Marvel Team Up. Which you can probably find in any fifty cent or dollar mm-hmm. bin. That's but it's for the people that shit. want it's it's people who want to have that that secret invasion trade dress going across all their trades. And because the Black Panthers only three issues plus plus whatever extra material they're going to have in there, that was only thirty nine, forty, and forty one. And so it's going to probably be a few bucks, a couple bucks cheaper than the Captain Britain book. But it's only to include. The secret invasion issues and and honestly you know i mean what what's to be expected when people wait for the trade they don't want to they don't want their ads they they want the story all in one book so they're going to forego the single issues and wait for the trade because either that's what they've been trained to do or that's the way they'd rather read it because now all of a sudden we know how many issues are in an arc mm-hmm. and they'll do it that way so it's it's just it's, it's, it's a natural real, progression it's, it's, it's a real horseshit way to try and get people to switch over to uh, to buying a book on a monthly basis. But but it's also a kind of crappy way to get somebody to read what I'm hearing is a damn good book. Yes, and and exactly, granted- exactly. that that's my point is that is that here's a book that is one of the better ones that Marvel's putting out, and you should be trying to encourage. Hey, you know what did I just say? I just bought a the. The darkness trade for four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Now, you know it's top cow, so it doesn't have as much cachet as a Marvel book. So they're really trying to to attract people to to this, but it's to get people to but to pick it up in single issues. You know, Captain Britain and Mi thirteen. I want that book to stick around Absolutely. by putting out the first trade. It's an opportunity to turn people onto it and say, hey. Here's this great book, and coming out next month is the beginning of a new story arc, which is a perfect jumping-on point. Buy it monthly, and I mean, it just it shows me that Marvel is seriously looking at going to a, a you know a, a trade waiting market. That that's that's the direction they're going, and they don't really care about the single issue as much anymore. That's the message I'm getting from them. Mm. Well, in in relation to the singles, I will say that the covers of the Captain Britain Monthly look like nothing else on the stand. You can pick a, a yeah. that that book from across the the comic shop. 
easily. It just has that nice masthead with the color. It kind of reminds me of the Stray Bullets issues, how they had a big block of color in the title, and then maybe about, you know, two-thirds were, were graphic instead of the whole issue cover being graphic. It's They're really sharp, and they really stand out. And uh, I was looking at the cover today with... Um, Dracula on the front. It's really nice. Yeah. It jumps. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I, and I waited for the stupid trade um, on Captain Britain too, and I'm, I'm wishing I didn't. The, I hadn't because now I'm going to have to pay a premium for it. It's not all that great that it was, that, that it, it started off tied in to the exactly. event. Yeah. If, if it was, if it was a standalone story or an introduction, then, then, you know, okay, great, but it's, it's harder to even sell now. Mm-hmm. With the fact that, okay, well, I just read this story. It's Squirrel. I mean, it's self-contained because when in, when when the Secret Invasion storyline ends in Captain Britain and MI13, it doesn't come back. It it there's closure to the squirrels it has, it, it in has, England. It has a better resolution than Secret Invasion did. So you have all of that, and and you know, hopefully, something in there will will let the the person buying the book know. This is it for the aliens. From here on out, the next trade you get, or if you go and look for issue number five, mm-hmm. it's we're, we're hitting the ground running with something else. And yeah. and you know, I don't know. I I can hope the shop owner would say something. I would hope you know this person would have access to the internet or or could ask somebody. But it it does kind of sting it's- a little bit more that you know it's a tie-in. How many how many issues was the wisdom? miniseries was it four, four or six? six i think it was six okay I think six but offhand i don't remember i mean i think most I, of the I, max I, minis I, are six yeah you know i would have i would have well that's right it was a max series so they yeah. couldn't yeah, have but i would have so. loved it rather than the first appearance of captain britain and marvel two and one i would have loved to have seen it packaged with with wisdom but uh you know. hey i i've got another um marvel collected edition question and and hopefully david can answer this for me he uh, sets me up for this no no this is a serious <laughs> question um what do you think of marvel's decision to release the uh the next uh stephen king dark tower uh hardcover collection exclusively to the direct market as a fan of the direct market i love it Mm-hmm. Um, would does it, seem odd? does it seem odd to you, though? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't have any data as to whether or not Stephen King fans buy the single issues, wait for the collected edition, and where do they buy the collected edition? Because most Stephen King fans, I'm pretty sure, are going to buy their Stephen King books at the bookstores. Yep. Um, I I think it's it's really cool that. I mean, is this is this for a limited time? Like for the first month, will it be that, available? That, that's or? I, well, that's what I was going to ask you. I wasn't really clear on on whenever they've sent out the press release. And and for people that don't don't know that what we're talking about is that the second hardcover of the Stephen King Dark Tower series is coming out exclusively to comic stores and direct market. So you're not going to be able to walk into a Barnes & Noble or a, uh, a Borders or even order through Amazon. Now, you will, will be able to get it through, like, in-stock trades, you know, because they order from Diamond. But, yeah, it just struck me as very odd yeah. because I, I imagine that book chains are 
a huge part of of their hardcover market, especially whenever you can put that, you know, you can shelve that in the Stephen King section yeah. of of a bookstore. So I thought I that was they, a really odd choice on their part. They have the I think, no. Go ahead. Doesn't no? Doesn't the Borders Long Road Home uh, version have a special cover exclusive to Borders? I'm oh, that one, sure that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay, so the, is that what they're doing? Is that it's just they have a direct market? Version? No, I think no, I think in this case it no. is it is direct market. I mean, I know they have the midnight uh, sellings for uh, for the Stephen King books. I think they've done it for just about all of them. Any first issue, um, I know they did it with the Dark Tower. I think they did it with the follow up, and um, I can't say for certain if they did it with Captain Trips, but they have comic shops that participate. I want to participate. Open at midnight so you can get it the Tuesday night before the, uh, and that's the only book you can get. If if, if if you think you're going in to grab your pull list for the week, you're not. Um, but you know, Stephen King has his email newsletter. People who follow Stephen King or you know the newsletters that that I've seen mention the Marvel books, mention the midnight openings for some of the comic shops. So. If you are a Stephen King fan and you know this has been adapted into a graphic novel form, then chances are you'll be aware that you'll be able to get it at the comic shop. And I, I hope it works out where, you know, someone says, hey, well, you know, I heard Spidey met Barack Obama. And then somebody say, well, so did Savage Dragon. You know, I mean, I, I hope that something will, that, that this could Ooh. be a domino effect into uh, into someone actually checking out more than just the Stephen King comic. That's what I would hope. Yeah. But you're gonna get you're gonna get that at the at the the bookstore, not the comic shop. I, I just I think of it as a very odd decision on their part. It, I mean, it of, just of all just the items, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I mean, of all the authors, of all the comic books that that, that you're gonna collect and do yeah. that with a Stephen King adapted book seems seems to be an odd choice. Mm-hmm. Although yeah, weird, I, I I mean I'm just speculating here, but Stephen King his his definitely been willing to take chances with new forms of distribution that I think a lot of other traditional authors wouldn't be. I mean, he he was one of the first, if not the first guy to put out a uh, internet-only chapter-by-chapter book that you could you could pay to download. Um, the chapter-by-chapter chapter release. The Green, Green Mile. Mile. Yeah. 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 I mean, he he's, he did the same thing with audio, with, uh, you know, an, a exclusive release audio books. Uh, so I'm just saying he, he seems to be willing to at least support or try new distribution models and whatnot. So maybe he just said to them, hey, you know, if it'll help the direct market, I'm willing to do it. I mean, that's just, I could be totally off base, but it just strikes me as, you know, he's he's kind of got a history. <laughs> it doesn't need the money. We know that. Yeah. yeah, well, hey, yeah. Um, spe- speaking of uh, King, can I have my uh, my regular um, um, lock and key moment? I was of, waiting uh, for it. Of, of yeah. yeah. God. Dang, is that series so good? It's uh, uh you ain't the, lying. Oh, the third, <laughs> third in falsetto. Oh, That's the, third, the, the third issue of the second series just came out, and first of all, the cover is what, probably my favorite of the entire series so far, and uh, it's the one with uh um, with Bodie with the kind of the the map of the inside of his head with the key sticking out of the back of his of his neck, and it, that series is so good. I've, I've, Spot varnish too. Oh, it's so good, so good. Yeah. All right, boys. Before that's we it. go, wait, uh, wait. Trivia, trivia for you. Um, all right. Real quick, real quick. 
Chris, I know that you're you're reading the the old JSA trades right now too, right? You're you're catching yep. up with the old I'm up to uh, Princes of Darkness. Okay, did you you might remember this better than the uh, the old timers here who probably read it a while ago? Um, do you remember who the guest artist was in the, one of the issues of Darkness Falls, uh, specifically the issue where Black Adam first appears in the book? Of dark, do, do I remember? Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that's uh, that's early on in that series. It is. Uh, um, that's way before Don Kramer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still Stowski. It's uh, I think it's actually issue seven or eight. I'm talking about. Uh-huh. I'm cheating. Oh, don't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> is it Marcos uh, Martin? Yeah. Yep. Marcos Martin. Yeah. Marvel wow. exclusive yeah. Marcos Martin. Yeah, I was sure. Hey, Thank you. He's Marvel ex- exclusive now? Yep. As You're not Dale stupid. Eaglesham. As is uh, Carlos Macheco. Yeah, yeah, what a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's the thing. At the at the convention, you had people just walking around in, in, a, in ecstasy from the announcement that Dale Eaglesham is going to be drawn Fantastic Four. Oh, they were, they were loving it. And then you had the DC fans walking around like, what the fuck? Who's going to be on our books? We don't know. <laughs> You be good. Because you, son of a bitch, you were mad at me when you started, and now you're fucking popster. You are goading us. No, no. Listen to David. I think David David squeaked when he heard me say that. Nah, I'm just busting. I'm just teasing you. Just teasing you. That's all right, though. Hey, we're finally going to get that Batwoman story two years after we were supposed to. Oh, but did you see it, though? Did you see the J.H. Williams art? Oh, my God. They're putting it in Detective as though it's, I mean, they're basically taking unpublished miniseries and putting it into Detective Comics. No, I I don't think so. I'm sure some of it's been retweaked because Batman's not, you know, I'm sure there was going to be initially (laughs) some interaction. (laughs) I think there was going to be some interaction between... Batwoman and Batman, but obviously now there really can't be, at least for the first few months. But I'm thinking for them to say that J.H. Williams is going to be on for 12 issues, whether or not they're consecutive issues, but if he's going to be on for 12 issues, then some of these have to be in the can already. I I think this has been planned out for a while. It's, um, God, I'm trying... When did when did Rucka make the very subtle announcement that he wasn't re-upping his exclusive? That's been almost a almost a year ago. Whenever I talked to him about that, he was he was working with 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 Williams on it at that point. So yeah, I, I think this. I mean, this it's been in the works for a while. So I, I I don't know I don't know how much this is being shoehorned in or, or jockeyed around, but um, I'm looking forward to it. And I was I was talking to David about that this weekend has there ever been a time when someone was writing detective and bat or and action at the actually same time? yes yes rucker was asked this and it was uh siegel and schuster that well, was it so that's pretty good company pretty yeah, yeah yeah pretty pretty cool stuff i say that's a step up from checkmate even though it was a great book <laughs> come on action and detective for rucka jeez yeah that's like that's like stepping in the in the the magic poop. Well, was, oh, speaking of speaking of checkmate, um, uh, uh, the uh, Cobra Faces of Evil. Mm-hmm. If you if you are a checkmate fan of of the Rucka and Troutman run on that, pick up Ivan Brandon's Faces of Evil 
Cobra one-shot. It is a fantastic continuation of Rucka and, and Troutman's Checkmate story. Cool. I didn't read it yet. It's really good. Really, and if you've never read a book with Cobra uh, as as a villain, um, it's a great jumping uh, jumping on point. To, uh, Ivan Brandon kind of totally explains and kind of uh, re you know relaunches that that character. It's actually a, a new Cobra um, is, is taken over the mantle, and it was a fantastic single issue. Good stuff. If you're a Checkmate fan, you have to read it. All right. Well, I'm sorry that we disrupted it, but we got to get the hell out of here because we're we're pushing two hours. It's been fun. I mean, if you guys want to keep going, I'll keep going. No. No, no. no. Save (laughs) it for next week. Well, no, my my, my, son is sleeping. I'm sure he's going to wake up any minute to get a little mother's milk, so I need to sign off before it starts wailing. All right. I'll just talk to myself then. All right. In the meantime... Read, I mean, if you want to read an excellent comic book retelling of Gargantua and Pantagruel, go out and get Paul Cornell's Wisdom Tray because it's great. Mm-hmm. It's, awesome. it's awesome stuff. Do they do the Black Air thing in, in MI13? No. They don't? Ah, okay. Well, anyway, but if you want a good book that's on the stands right now, read Rebels. Read it. I love it. <laughs> read Bad um, it, um Go and before the free comic book day um, relaunch of Savage Dragon, go pick up the Savage Dragon archives from. Mm, nice. I, and my, is, my heart just fluttered. It must. Yeah, I heard it. I'm, I'm halfway through, and it is it is of the early '90s era, but it is just fun, fun, fun action, 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 gag goodness. I've, it's awesome. And- Awesome stuff, and it never never stops being yep. that. Good choice, Chris. Very nice. Uh, read the uniques. Nice. Which, oh, uh, Adam and yep, Adam and Comfort Love. Uh, two uh, husband and wife indie creators were kind enough to send me uh, the uh, first few issues of their series to read over, and uh, y- you know, to be honest, you never know what you're going to get with small press. It's you know, even if you're friendly with the people, you sometimes don't know if you're going to like the book and. Uh, I honestly was was tickled pink with it. I thought it was uh, uh, it, it's basically uh, you know a superhero title where there's a world where the uniques are uh, aren't such so named because they have unique abilities. But um, but uh, it, it's it's uh, a series that if it gets you know if it catches uh, an, enough people's attention, I honestly don't see why it couldn't have the kind of of run and and appreciation that that something like a Dynamo Five or a Noble Causes or uh, you know, even at the higher you know level, something like uh, like Invincible. I mean, it it was that it was that good. So uh, give it a try. I don't know that it's distributed through through Diamond. It's uh, but you can you just can, Google. Uh, you, you you can go to their site and I believe read the first issue for free. Online. That's right. Yep, the Uniques. Uh, just Google it. If uh, uh, we'll put a I guess a link to the URL in the uh, in the in the forum thread. But uh, but it, it's terrific. I've I've read the first five issues and can't can't sure recommend it. I'm, I'm glad you didn't say show notes because there is no such yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, and Adam and Comfort are are really just great people. Mm-hmm. David, what did you say? Read Batman? <laughs> no, I said no, I thought you said, said read Batman. I said hey, the game in issue came out today. He said yeah. Blunt Man and yeah. Chronic is what he said. I got hey, the Cubert cover. That cover is gorgeous. You ain't lying. 
Oh, man. I can't wait to read it. Can't wait, wait, wait. Mm. All right. Mm. So say, say bye bye. What does David want us to read? I don't know. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> the fuck? Don't worry about it. No, what do you want us to read, David? How many times do I have to say it? Jesus Christ. Bad I'll dog. say it in brand I didn't, I didn't hear you. <laughs> he said bad dog. <laughs> I did. Read, read the bad dog. Woof. Word. Uh, yeah, word to your mothers. All of them. Yeah. All your mothers. All, all your moms. All your did moms I say that right? Us. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya. Respect. Oh, and if you, would, ah. if you would be so kind, if you enjoyed this mess, go to our iTunes page and leave yeah. us a review because that's pretty cool, and we're getting a fair amount. We have like 60 now. I would like to make it to 100 because that's a big round number. Aim high. Two zeros. Aim high. 200. Woo-hoo. Whatever. I, just l- leave a, a review. Even if you didn't like it, tell us why so we can fix it, maybe. If if <laughs> you'd not? like us to get rid of David, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> He's too damn cute. So, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. We'll, we'll see you. You'll, he- you'll hear us next week. Yeah, there you go. Ramble. Ramble. I'm just trying to... It's an audio format, Vince. No video. <laughs> I ain't doing no video shit. Ça se place, j'ai sur mon lit à bouffer sa langue en buvant en mon whisky quant à moi Peu dormi, vie débris Mais j'ai dû dormir dans la gouttière où j'ai eu un flash En quatre couleurs Allez hop, un matin, une louloute est venue chez moi Poupée de cellophane, cheveux chinois Asparadra, une gueule de bois A bu ma bière dans un grand verre